sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Amanda Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, um, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. I laugh out loud so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts and this is what has allowed youtubers to come in and take over the sport and much much more i have them this weekend i'm just gonna let the board fall to me dalvin cook zeke cmc hopefully i can get one of those running backs i did my draft tonight as y'all can see with my fighting jersey on you have like your really really top tier wide receivers but then there's a pretty big drop off they didn't speak english so like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak. So it absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like I not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky, we've seen Cejudo on Dynamite, we've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite, we've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez, like it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to live rounds and uh, 
we're going to have an interesting show tonight. Um, I think that uh, it's been uh, a fun uh, week of AEW, Dynamite, and basically where we're getting to at the Forbidden Door. So we have a lot to break down there. And uh, we'll we'll just see, uh, see how this card is shaping out. And kind of unfortunately, it's been due to injury and all this other stuff that's been happening. So the card keeps getting mixed up a little bit. But... Uh, it still should be a fun show. We got plenty to discuss. So, how are you doing tonight, Stephen? I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, before the show, right before this, myself and Jeremy Lambert interviewed Dad, who y'all might know from the Creator Clash. He's also friends with John Hennigan, John Morrison, Johnny Nitro. Yeah. The names go so on and so forth. You you, you yes. know who I'm talking about? Johnny Impact. Yeah, just yeah. And uh, Johnny Game Changer. Okay, we got to stop. We got to stop. Um, Husband of Taya Valkyrie. <laughs> yeah. Um, Johnny Mundo. No, uh, anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, he's, he's, been, he's been showing up with <laughs> he's been showing up Boone the Bounty Hunter with that yeah. thing. <laughs> uh, um, real bad movies, by the way. I saw him wrestle oh. a dog in a movie once in like yeah. an actual dog. It was a kid's movie. It was really, yeah. it was really bad. Um, but anyway, that all being said, uh, this guy hangs out with him. Uh, he's a, a buddy of his, so he's been showing up in like GCW and AEW and stuff like that. So Check that interview out. It's going to be available this Thursday morning during the spotlight with myself and Jeremy over on youtube.com slash Fightful. Um, before we get started, and this would be a good time to bring this up. I haven't even talked to Doug about this, but I figure I figured you would be interested. I think this is a good idea. So we had uh, Patrick Bannum send us a, a donation okay. during the week. So what we'll do every week, if you ever send these, so this is through my tip jar on Twitter. Myself and Doug split split it just like we do a super chat. So like we're just supporting both of us by sending by sending the the donation, and it links to my PayPal and maybe my Cash App as well. I think there's a couple of things linked to it, but you can attach a question there. So if you want to support the show like in between each show and send a super chat basically through my Twitter tip jar, we'll start off the show with your question or your statement that the upcoming week. So. Patrick's going to get his question answered right here at the top of the show before we even get into it. So anyone who wants your questions answered right at the beginning of the show each week, if you send it throughout the week, then we'll make sure to start with y'all. So Patrick sent a super chat. Um, thank you very much, Patrick. It says live round thanks, support. Patrick. Absolutely. Um, says, hope you both are doing well and thanks for the show every week. It's 17 years since the uh, ECW one night stand 2005. And I was just wondering for your thoughts then and now with how wrestling has evolved. Do you think this show still holds up and is it amongst our favorite pay-per-views? Um, oh, it's funny. He, I didn't even notice you put this in the, at the bottom. It says, please don't feel you have to answer this right away on the show. If you wish to address more current events or topics first. Well, Patrick, we appreciate your super chat throughout the week. So we're going to start with your question. Um, yeah, sure. Doug, how, how do you feel? I mean, ECW one night stand 2005, that was 17 years ago. Your thoughts then and now. First of all, that's completely wild to think that that was 17 years ago. Second of all, it was such a great show because when WWE controlled ECW, you never thought that you would get like an authentic feel like it felt like ECW. And I just remember like, like we were hyped and everything. But, like, man, they pulled it off. Like, Joey Styles is emotional, welcoming everyone to ECW. And it, it was just unbelievable. And it kind of 
reminds me of Forbidden Door in a sense of just like like RVD was injured and wasn't able to compete, right? Well, Kenny Omega is injured and not able to compete in New Japan's uh, merger with AEW. I mean, that like Kenny is the RVD of New Japan, in my opinion, right? So um, I, I do hope we do get to see Kenny in some way. I think he should at least come out, address the crowd, give a prognosis on where he's at and when we can expect him back or whatever. But I think it'd be cool just to have his music hit and him come out and just talk to the fans just for a couple minutes. But uh, yeah, that show was special, man. And then when they ran it back, a lot of people don't like the second one as much, but I mean, me being an RVD fan, like that's, that was his greatest achievement that night. So like, I love both those shows and it's just crazy to me how like, think about all in right. And how all in was like the future of what AEW would become. But like they went from like totally <laughs> recapturing what ECW was to like being on sci-fi with like fake zombies and just like yeah. nothing of the spirit of ECW whatsoever. So that, that was really uh, disheartening. Brooke, the, the Brooke Tessmacher, uh, Kelly Kelly, what did they call that thing? I don't exotic know, exotic expose or something like that. extreme expose right. that was it there yeah you go. yeah they, they yeah it was it was not ECW at all yeah not at all but but they they captured it right like it worked one night stand was legit so like it's not like they were never like above target on this thing they they had it and then they just totally went a different direction so that. And, and honestly, that added a lot of hatred to the WWE because it was like, okay, you guys are becoming completely soft. Your style sucks. You're not trying your best in the ring. And then you bring back ECW. You give us what we want. And then you bring us this watered down piece of garbage that you're putting on sci-fi. And then like Kurt Angle's leaving. Like it was just a bunch of stuff going on. And it's like, this is bull crap. You know what I mean? So I think I think the way that they treated ECW was a big factor for a lot of people finally being like, this is it. I'm done with this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I uh, I love that original uh, 2005 show. I love the 2006 one as well. I really like both of the shows. The 2000, yeah. the 2000. Now I'm getting the two confused for some of this. Which Matt, which show had the uh, the Mike Awesome uh, Tanaka match on it? I believe that was the first one. That was the first one. That was the first one. Yeah. That was like probably my favorite match that happened on like either show. Like that match was incredible. Um, yeah, like 2006 was like our Randy Orton Jordan versus Kurt Angle. Angle and like yeah. our, like Sabu and like Edge and all like like um the it was Rey Mysterio versus Sabu, I think. Yeah, and that, that ended in, and that ended in like a no contest though. Like in ECW, yeah. it was just like a double KO on the outside when they went through like a table. It was like a DDT through a table on the outside. The match just ended. It was much more of the like ECW versus WWE in that one than the first one. The first one was much more genuine. So I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed both. I loved both shows, and I think they're both awesome. And the crowd was unbelievable. And that was really before, how can I say this? Crowds really understood the impact that they had. Like, there were certain areas we always knew were smart mark towns. But, like, that was a totally different level. Like, smart marks prayed 
that Cena could get into an environment like that and then they could just let him have it. And boy, did they ever. And like, like I remember just uh, WrestleMania 20 when they were just ripping into Brock and, and Goldberg. I mean, me and Bill are like high-fiving each other, going nuts. Like, yeah, F you, man. You guys suck. You sold out, you know? And, uh, and now it's like, Every crowd is like that to a certain extent. I mean, it, it it's like I said, I, I feel like the AEW crowd is trained. So it's like when you go to a show, they know how to react. And it's different from the WWE because they're literally just kind of reacting to what they're seeing. But if they don't really see anything that they like, then they just don't react. And so it's it's very mellow and boring. But even if a match is kind of starting to suck in AEW or whatever, the crowd will do something to to spark something or at least get some attention. They'll do the wave. They'll do something. Um, so there's just high, more high energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, and also for Dancer's question about like it holding up, I think that the show definitely holds up. I could watch ECW one night stand from 05 or 06 right now and like really, really enjoy the show. So yeah, I think it. I think it definitely holds up. Um, you and could yeah. watch those two pay per views, and you could watch the rise and fall of ECW documentary, and it still is like top notch. Yeah, it's wild because like that was such a perfect way for it just to kind of like, just like end. But like there was such a demand for the product still that they found out through all the DVD sales that they were like, all right, well let's we'll just make it its own thing, and we have to keep it real. Also, I mean, a big part of why. I mean, it probably would have inevitably failed eventually anyways. Like, you know, the, the the more Paul Heyman lost power and stuff and wasn't, you know, wasn't agreeing with Vince and all those things. Like, but RVD getting arrested, like that was, that was it. Like the second that that happened, the whole thing was just doomed. Um, so it's just, and nowadays, I don't know how much of a big deal that would even be. Like to just, you know, caught with a little bit of weed. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. They, they don't even test their, their, like WWE doesn't even test for it anymore, so it's like, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think they would really care. It's just the arrest. So if they right. actually got arrested and it was like on the news or something like that, I think that they feel that they'd have to react. But like the actual act itself, not so much. Plus, RVD was speeding; he got pulled over for speeding. So right, you you have um, you have that plus whatever drugs you, he had. You know, I I, I mean. It's it was such a different time, but I hate how like the WWE just doesn't forgive you in certain circumstances. Like if you're known as like a drug addict guy, then you're never getting a second chance. If you're known as a concussion guy, then you're more than likely just never getting that top spot again. Well, like this is, this is true. Also, I mean, like being fair, like that's very know, some, fair. Some, sometimes people just don't have any repercussion really at all. It seems. It also depends on leverage too, right? Like if they don't have a lot of stars, if they don't feel like that they have a lot going, then they're not going to want to get rid of them. If they feel like that they got a loaded roster, then eh, who cares? You know what I mean? So back then it was John Cena and Edge and and others that they liked to use. So it was just a, a decision that they made. Randy Orton, Triple H, you know, so... Um, but it's unfortunate because I would have really loved to see how long that rain would have lasted and, and what the overall impact would have been. Because at least it would have been like um, 
where no matter what, we're still getting the RVD main event match. Because like he would he would kill it on ECW with like against Test and Hardcore Holly, like guys that had no business killing it, and he would have crazy matches with them. So uh, it sucks that we didn't get to see him as like the guy for for a time being. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that's. <laughs> Um, if y'all want your questions answered at the top of the show like that, just send the tip jars to my Twitter through between episodes. And if you want your answers, uh, your questions answered throughout this show, super chats, donations, make sure to put them all on the screen. We make sure to read all of them. We make sure to answer all of them. So if there's more stuff you want us to talk about throughout the show, uh, and you want to guarantee that, you know, your voice is heard and that, um, your questions get answered, then, uh, that's the way to guarantee it. And, we all we also do keep an eye on the chat, obviously. Like we see all y'all here and we appreciate y'all. I see the implication in here, the guy who just keeps changing his name to always sunny references, which I very much uh, I very much appreciate that. And 49ers fans always in here. Sean's always in here. Romeo, what's up, man? I'm, I'm gonna be on True Hill Heat this Saturday at eleven AM, by the way. Um so nice. yeah, looking forward to that with, with the boys. And uh yeah, Alexander Fitzgerald, ECW Hardcore. We see all y'all, like we appreciate yep. you every week. Yep, for sure. Um, so, I guess where we jump off is uh, Jeff Hardy. I guess. I mean, yeah. Um, so, mixed mixed emotions on this whole thing. One, I don't think that they the Hardy should have been booked in this ladder match. Like looking at hindsight wise, right? I just sure. don't think that they were ready for that. And it makes me wonder how much is it that the guys are really wanting to do this and how much is it that Tony's like just a mark and he's really excited and he's like, dude, I'm going to put y'all in a ladder match. It's going to be amazing. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure he's tempted as well. So, and it also, it's like the whole thing about signing Jeff was that the WWE was wrong about him that like they made fun of the WWE constantly on BTE about like how they wanted a drug test and all this other stuff. And it was just like, Oh, Jeff's fine. Jeff's fine. Jeff's fine. Jeff is fine. And then it's like, he, he's not fine. He's not okay. And we find out more. And then it's like, well, Jeff had a concussion in that Vegas match. Well, Jeff was also in Vegas. Like, let's just be honest. Like, I don't know how much of that actually was because even like people that were watching the uh, show that normally aren't like diehard fans were like, dude, something's off with Jeff. He did like, seem off. Yeah. He's not all there. And um, I don't know. Like people were saying that they thought he was even out of it at um, WrestleCon. And when I was there, I didn't really notice that. But I would say that like there was a guy next to him that would kind of direct him on what he needed to do. And he just kind of was like, just looking around or whatever. Like, I, I, I don't know. So this is my opinion, though. I personally think the Hardys need to retire. I, I just don't see, because I don't see you being able to just wrestle matches without bringing that hardcore style, because that is what the Hardys are. And at this stage in the game, they just, they're too beat up. They've taken too much punishment. I think Matt would be a great agent backstage because i mean we've kind of seen the deleted matt the broken matt hardy 
We've seen big money, Matt. We've now seen the Hardy boys, Matt Hardy. I don't think there's much left for him there. And then when it comes to Jeff, it's like, man, I think a lot of this drug use has to do with dealing with pain. I think that he pushes himself too much and he's using drugs to cope with pain or alcohol or whatever it was. I mean, he was clearly smashed in alcohol. Uh, he was drunk as hell, but I don't know if there's other stuff mixed with that or what. But anyways, I'll just say that they're what 45 i mean i i just think that there's no shame in retiring at this point that you don't need to keep going i'm not here to who's who am i to say they need to end their careers but i i just i just think that they put their bodies through a lot and they're really messing with like their luck if they keep going yeah and and on top of it like i look at it even deeper than that because like most people know because i've talked about it before like probably here on this channel but or i definitely talked about it on the channel before but like you know i lost my mom of breast cancer when i was 14 my brother was 11 and i know the hardys went through something really similar with losing their mom like really young and i yeah. know that that can like take a really serious like toll on you as well like i mean i've had uh you know some substance abuse issues in my life i'm not going to like directly blame that or use it as a complete excuse but there is a level to like coping with things that like sometimes those kind of things happen and i think yeah. jeff's got a lot of i think he's in a lot of physical pain i think he's probably been in a lot of pain emotionally for probably a lot of his life he kind of seems like a guy who stays like very to himself when he isn't when he isn't being artistic like whether it's like painting or or like music or wrestling he seems like a guy who really just like keeps to himself and just kind of does his own thing and he kind of acts his own way. And uh, he's probably kind of just living in his own little fantasy world, which I kind of understand, like, you know, and I think this probably all plays into it. And I, you know, so it's like on one hand, I sympathize to it because I think he's struggling with a lot of things. Um, yeah. And that's probably why he has probably why part of the addiction, but it also, it's tough because it can't help that you're also going through the physical pain and you've had a whole career of being, you know, I'm sure prescribed different pills to, to cope with that. And you mix those pills with alcohol and you take other drugs and his history with, you know, being in and out of companies and in wellness programs and refusing to go to wellness programs. And like, and it's just a lot. And I just think he, it's, it's sad to see because I want the guy to succeed, but for him to succeed and like have like a, like a fruitful life outside you know, for like, you know, he's not that old, like in yeah. like the grand scheme of things, but he like, he's I don't know. If married. He has a daughter. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's not like, it's just him. But, but it's one of those things. that's like, I don't know. It's like, in all honesty, I don't know if it's better or worse for him not to be wrestling. Like from the, just from the perspective of like, is it better that he's out there doing something like really productive and like, like enjoying it and getting that high from the crowd and like you know really like being out on the road and like that lifestyle he might really enjoy that because that might be better for him than sitting around with his thoughts all the time too like that's also probably a good way to start drinking and doing drugs again also just like kind of being alone and being like man i'm just i got nothing to do now and yeah. you know and you're just in your own head all day so like i don't know i don't know what the best answer for jeff is he clearly needs to get help like i'm not i'm, yeah. I'm, def I'm definitely not 
like ignorant to the fact that like he has a problem and he's going to hurt himself or someone else if he keeps drinking and driving like drinking and driving isn't cool like there's nothing i know i'm getting old and all being in my 30s but like there's nothing cool about drinking and driving like it's it's a stupid thing to do and he's done it and gotten i mean he's gotten caught multiple times imagine how many times he's done it not got caught like it's just not good this was at nine forty-five in the in, in in the morning. Like this, yeah. this could have re- he could have really hurt somebody that was a completely innocent bystander. That's that's a concerning thing. On top of that, you could hear the cops say that they he, they had three or four nine one one calls, which means that he scared a lot of people. Yeah, and when he got out of the car, dude. I mean, one like. Nobody wants to see Jeff Hardy have guns pulled on him by the cops. Like, that's awful visual. You know what I mean? And then he gets out of the car, and he can't even, like, stand. Like, he he's he's completely out of it. I mean, wasted, like, four times over the limit. Mm-hmm. So, but my, my biggest concern, I and I understand what you're saying, but I just think that he's he's – too beat up to keep doing this that's sure. my biggest concern like yeah we all watched that darby allen match and we all knew like damn he took a beating and then it's like another match the next week and then double or nothing and it's not the best because he can't he's not all there and like then you're gonna book him in a ladder match no telling what he was gonna do and then he wanted to he's telling the cops that he wanted to do a CT scan to to make sure how his brain is like these are things that 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 doesn't really give me hope that he can continue on his wrestling career but like i said i mean and, and who's who's to know man maybe he wants to go out in the blaze of glory like maybe maybe that's the way he views himself like and I've said this, like, I just watched recently my running back that I grew up watching with the Cowboys. He went and killed himself, uh, Marion Barber. Like, and he was my Yeah, age. he went to University of Minnesota. I remember him. And, and he was my yeah. age. Yeah. You know? And and it's like, I, when I was watching him, he was a multimillionaire. And he was, like, willing to die to get a first down. And now he's dead. And and as you get older, you realize that not all these stories have a happy ending. And I just think there's so many people out there that care about Jeff. And he's he is an enigma. I mean, he really is. And that he has a massive fan base. And I and I just would hate to see that that's you know, you wake up in the morning and you see that tweet that comes across saying, you know, we lost him. Yeah. Whoa, what was that? You hear that piano music? Yeah, it's my stupid tab. Oh, oh, I was like, what was that? Um uh it was like he just gave like a message on a on like a sitcom and like the little music played after the immoral. Yeah, it's it's like anytime somebody messages me on Facebook, it goes on. Gotcha. Well, um (laughs) yeah, there you go. Um yeah, um, you know, and it's is you know with Jeff, part of me is like, well, if you're in such a bad headspace, when's this gonna end? Never. <laughs> wow. This is so annoying. Okay, we good? <laughs> I don't know. No. 
Okay, we're good. Well, okay, so yeah, all, all it was. I'm just ending ending that by saying, you know, I I know that Jeff was in such a bad headspace that like he drove to begin with. Like his his decision making obviously was not very good that night. Oh, terrible that night, as a matter of fact. But it's like, dude, how do you not while you're sober before you even go out? How do you not have lines right up? You, you rides lined up for you. You're a, you're a multimillionaire. You're famous. You can get an Uber. You can have a friend drive you. Like you don't have to ever drive yourself ever. Yeah. And like you know, if you want to go out and drink, like I'm not you know, drink responsibly, hopefully. But like you know, I don't really care about people going out and getting drunk if like they're not driving. Like I don't care if someone wants to go to the bar and get drunk if someone else drives them home. You know what I mean? Right. Like you know, I know Jeff has issues and 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 he has a history. And like I'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing for him to go out and get drunk all the time. I'm just saying in general. When you're at his status, like, why is he even driving himself anywhere anyways to begin with? Yeah. No, I mean, the whole thing is just a, it's just irresponsible. And yeah. to me, it's like, it's just a cry for help almost. Like, you're letting people know that you're not capable of making good decisions right now. And yeah. so I, I just think that it's what's best. I mean, they pulled him off the card. They've suspended him. He has to go to rehab if he wants to continue to be in AEW. He has to complete treatment to come back to AEW. Um, I think AEW handled it the right way, and uh, we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. But I do think TK needs to look into it just business wise and um, just do you really need the Hardys at this point? You know what I mean? Cause you do have a stack tag team division and I know the Hardys are fun and it's cool and all, but at the same point, like the moment that they got pulled, I'm like, put FTR in this match. And I, I, everybody's like, yeah, let's do that. You know, like there, it's not like you need the Hardys. Like it's a fun thing, but it's not like you need it. And, um, I mean, we've seen how how out of it Jeff's been at a TNA pay-per-view before. Like, he's had multiple issues. This is his third DUI. Like, this is not this is not good. I'm trying to find. I see Romeo said, uh, "What what did our Reeve Hardy?" Uh... Uh, so so she was praying that Matt was going to be okay in the ladder match, and then she posted a thing. Uh, of her praying and then she posted Jeff Hardy says and it had like a the Tiger King clip of like F something so basically like Jeff Hardy answered her prayers that Matt doesn't have to get in this match basically weird yeah yeah okay well yeah I, I yeah I guess I kind of like kind of put a bow on that whole uh that whole topic you know I hope Jeff gets help I'm a Jeff fan. Yeah, I'll always pull for, for sure. Jeff. I think he's made some really bad decisions. I don't agree with drinking and driving. Um, I want him to not die. Like I, he's still fairly young. Like you know, I don't want a tragedy. Um, and I would like to see him wrestle again if he's like responsible enough to be able to do it. And if he can't, then he isn't. I want what's best for him. I'm a fan of his. I always will be. Um, but unless he makes like a really, really, really dumb decision and like really, you know hurt somebody or something that you know, obviously changed but i'm just saying you know i i hope uh i hope he gets the help that he needs and it's just yeah. it's just sad to see again because i feel like we talk about this like with specifically with him like way way too often i mean it's like a 
thing you just kind of expect to talk about every couple of years, you know? And this time it was like really back to back because of the whole WWE release thing and now this happening. So well, you were hoping that like all this was in the past and he did a lot of that stuff because he was miserable over there and like now he's happy and he's ready to go on like his last run and all this stuff. But no, man, he still has a he still has a big problem. Yeah. But hey, we did get Darby and Jeff. And that's why I told yes. you, man, at the end of the day, like you just got to do these matches. You can't wait. You, you just can't. can't. You can't not sting and Cody us. You can't do that no, ever again. You can't. Like, I will never forgive Tony Khan for that. Like, and like I love Tony. During, but... during the pandemic, like, you should have just done it. You should have yeah. just done, like, empty arena, 25% fans. You should have just done sting and Cody. Just yeah. do it one night, yeah. you know? Um, you going to get a nice road, too. A nice little 10-minute buildup. Like, honey, it would have like been, it, it been no. perfect. No. So, um... Mm. But but I but I'm just saying like the same thing with like CM Punk right like we don't know how much longer he can do this so if you have like a Punk versus Joe idea you have a Punk versus Kenny Omega Punk versus Brian Danielson like do it because you just don't know when this whole thing's gonna be done and it could be sooner than people think that's another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is I just think that due to the style that now wrestling is this is much more of an athletic style. Bodies are breaking down way sooner. I just do not expect careers to last that long. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I don't think you're going to have a lot of 45, 50 year old guys wrestling. It's going to be, you know, once they hit their forties, it's going to be pretty grim and they, they, they're going to look like they're going to need to hang this thing up because it's not about working and all this stuff. Like uh, these guys have put themselves through it. So enjoy it for, for, however long it lasts because it's going to go by quick you know a lot of these guys careers probably only be like 10 to 12 years and it's going to be over so it's really about what you can accomplish during that time frame which i mean to be fair in, in relation to like pro sports that's kind of makes sense you yeah. know like as long as there's another generation coming up see the, the the weird thing is that for most of our lives it was all the same guys so yeah. like it was like from the eighties through like the 2010s, a lot of these guys were like the same guys that just, and yep. you and Bill talked about it a lot on this channel where like they wouldn't get out of the way and that caused problems like WCW, all those guys having to leave for the WWF and yep. with TNA, like them that all getting clogged up by when they bring veterans in. And like, it was yep. the same guys kind of like making the rounds throughout the companies, Hulk Hogan, and Eric Bischoff going somewhere and, and, ruining things somewhere else and like yeah so so now we're kind of seeing like we saw kind of like the cena like kind of generation of guys yeah and now they're starting to get kind of phased out and yep. now we got kind of the more like athlete independent worker type it's outside of the wwe i mean they're still well, working more athletically than like in the past but what's crazy is i mean we probably only have like five more years of the era of like seth rollins kevin owens kyle o'reilly adam cole like all those guys like they probably are only gonna be around for like five more years yeah i mean unless they they change their style when they get older kind of like jericho has which i think some of them will be able to to do that but not all of them, because the other thing also is, Jericho was able to kind of step away for a while. Like he like he's taken go years full, at a time. time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He went away, came back. Like he's able to preserve himself. 
that's that's very true yeah um but you know with it's just going to be interesting to see the waves of how fast people kind of like rise the ranks now because yeah there's people like nick wayne and billy starks and starboy charlie and and marcus mathers and like these literal teenagers these kids that are like they're starting i mean jade newman is like in his early 20s now but he started at like 14 or 15 like there's there's they're starting as teenagers now and getting so good before they're even in their 20s and like we're gonna start seeing like just it's gonna like i've been saying it for a while but i think like billy starks is gonna be like the biggest star in wrestling when she's like in her mid-20s like she because she's already incredible at 17 and she was good at 15 like it's like yeah. it's insane so like you're so if that continues to happen you're gonna it's gonna be more like pro sports probably where you just have more and more waves now what's good is like the 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 whole playing field widens drastically though because there's all these places to work so like you can all there's a lot more people who can be wrestlers and make money wrestling because of the independent scene and, and all the various companies that they could wrestle in. But when you're yeah. talking about like the tippy top, like your you know, Dallas Cowboys, if you will, of like pro wrestling, I'll give you a little credit there because y'all won some Super Bowls. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm been a while, I'm, but I'm, I'm I saw him make some good catches in uh in training camp and I'm like I'm got a little pretty, fired up, huh? Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty good. Year um, 10. Yeah. I love he's he's my favorite Viking of all time. You he, he surpassed Randy Moss barely by now. Like I've he's the man. But anyways, yeah. Um at the tippy top where you have like your WWEs and your AEWs, I think we will see more of like if things continue to pro- progress the way that they are, more like a sports franchise, especially with someone like Nick Khan there, where they're gonna be like, you know, keep the new coming in if they're if they're able to, and then like you know, it's just, it, you'll, the window will probably be smaller to like stay on top. And like, I don't think we're going to have very many like John Cena or Hulk Hogan type people no. maybe ever again that are on top for like 15 years straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't either. I don't either. And I, it, it, what, the thing that's interesting though, is like in football, like their job is to basically find somebody that is cheaper and better the problem with like wrestling is, is they hold on to the guys when, even when there is somebody cheaper and better, they don't want to push them to that spot. Right. So when that changes, then that'll be interesting because then it's like, where do these guys go and are their careers already done? Cause just, they're already noticing like, Hey, you hit 40, like you're, you're pretty much, we can't use you as much anymore. We're moving on. Like, That's why those big stars need to unionize, even though it's like, so the gap is so big and it's so hard to do something like that. Like they need to be yeah. looking at it like that of like, if you, cause that's the thing in wrestling, like you're saying is someone like a Kevin Nash, who I love Kevin Nash, but like that guy was able to wrestle far beyond his prime with an already limited move set and make a lot of money until yeah. old age but like not everyone's going to be able to do that and like some of these yeah. guys have to just hang it up at 40 and like you got to yeah. have some sort of fallback for for when that happens unless you want to work the indies for the rest of your life which is fine but you're going to make way less money doing that than you did there right which i mean there's always now going to be podcasts there's going to be autograph mm-hmm. signings like there's a lot of things now because of fandom 
that can keep these guys going. I mean, just even like if, if a wrestling company releases a wrestling figure of you, well, now the fans have something that they can get signed that'll have value. So all of a sudden they're going to book you for autograph signings and things like that. So that part's interesting. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. I, I, I do think though that like, you know, like when all those old vets were telling Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, like, kid, you better change your style. That's not going to last very long. Well, they proved them wrong, but they also, like, got really lucky. And I, that's why I'm saying, like, they just don't need to keep going. Like, they – listen, we had a 25-year career or whatever doing hardcore matches for most of it, and we made it through, like – Thank you. Maybe once a year pop up or something, but man, like this whole like, and they weren't just going to AEW, dude. They were going to independent shows and stuff during the weeks too in wrestling. Like they were, they were really putting their body through it. When Jeff like does his band too, so he's like constantly on the road and stuff, and like yeah, you know, performing. Yeah, they're... I remember like when ROH had their first pay per view. And Matt Hardy took that suplex off the ladder through a table. And I was just like, dude, you, you are shot. Like you, you could tell his back was hurting. You could tell how like beat up he was. I'm like, you don't need to be taking bumps like that. And that guy has wrestled like 12 years more. Like it is, it is time to, to just call it a career. And there's no shame in it. Just like with Christopher Daniels, like, it is no shame in it. You put in all those years, but eventually, like, it's just your time's up. It. I don't think that there's anything wrong to just say, you know, guys, I, I just think it's over. And if they want to go somewhere else, they can. But at the end of the day, like, I, I just think that the Hardy Boys run has come to a conclusion and it's nothing against them and it's nothing to bag on them about. It's just father time finally got them. Yeah, it's wild because pro wrestling is really, really one of the only, if not like really the only, when you really think about it, it I know it isn't a, a true professional sport, obviously, but because because the outcome is is predetermined, they there's really no, there's really no true decline to some degree because like you can always be booked to win places and stuff. And yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, because like, so they never like, fully let it go because they're like well as long as i can move around and get out there and people want to see me i can keep doing this because like it's all predetermined you know like we can make it work we're about to see rick flair wrestle again in the national fairgrounds you know what i mean like the guy how old is he like 75 i mean yeah it's yep. like that's another he, one yeah i mean it's you know rick flair is a pretty extreme example because of his age and his health um history and stuff recently but like He's not the only one here. I mean, we see, I mean, and I mean, and who's to say in some of these cases, like Ricky Morton still moves around. All right. He's super old, but it's like, yep. who am I to say you got to stop? But at the same time, it's like, we feel really bad if something bad happened to you out there. Cause like, we were all just kind of watching it happen, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, it's, but, but it's that's wild. the thing is like Ricky Morton isn't being booked every week. You know what I mean? That's where I'm just like, this, these guys should be like novelty acts and not just, like, hey, come check us out every Wednesday on Dynamite. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate stuff. But I will say 
that because of this news, Dynamite got stacked. I mean, <laughs> right. holy yeah. crap, TK is coming in with the fire. So we get Osprey versus Dax, which I couldn't be more happy about. We get the ladder matches now, the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express. We get Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. We get Miro versus Ethan Page. Uh, Wardlow's going to fight 20 security guards. Um, so, so yeah, like it's oh, and and Moxley and Tanahashi is going to have a face off. So, and, and I don't know if you realize this because this hit me today. The Forbidden Door is next week. Yeah, it's crazy. Next, uh, like, is it a Saturday or a Sunday show? Sunday, Sunday, next Sunday. Like that came quick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not mad about that though. That rules. We'll do a full prediction show um next Tuesday right here. So yep, for yeah, sure. That, that'll be dope. I'm I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, we still only know a couple of matches. Like we're still going in pretty blind. We have a pretty good idea for some of this stuff, but really not all of it. Like we still don't know if like I, I'll just we might as well transition into this right now. So yeah. And by the way, uh, if you're in here, please hit the thumbs up button. Hit that yes, like please. button right here. Smash and, uh, that like button. Yeah. And subscribe, please, as well. That's that's two free ways to really help support the channel. And uh, if you want to send Super Chats to donations, you can do Super Chats through YouTube donations or in the description below. But yeah, so Jay White defeats Okada, wins the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. So now... Like, do you think they go with Hangman and Jay White? Jay White cut an incredible promo uh, yeah. afterwards, which, yeah, at that post-fight press conference. Um, yep. But so do you think that's where they go now? Do they go Hangman versus um, versus Jay White? And if so, what does Okada do? So that's what I was thinking is I just don't know if it's going to be a two, like a, just a one-on-one match. Like right. I could see it being like a four-way between like Okada, Cole, Jay White and Hangman or something like that because they didn't bring Adam Cole in on commentary for nothing last week. So there's right. got to be something there. And if Adam Page is facing Jay White, then does that mean Adam Cole is facing Okada? Is that what they're doing? Um so I'm not sure. I don't know if I love Jay White winning la- uh, last weekend. Um I watched the match it's a very physical match, and um, Jay White, he definitely has his, like, momentum right now, right? The Bullet Club has a lot of new members. He's the leader. He's feeling himself. But, like, dude, he beat Okada clean. Like, he just basically physically beat Okada down and then gave him the Blade Runner one, two, three. Like, he he won that match clean as I thought there would be multiple interference in the bullet club and all that stuff. But no, like he, he beat Okada clean. So um, not really sure what their plans are. And then the G one now has like 28 people in it or something like it's three blocks instead of two. And Okada's in that as well. Um, But Okada is having a baby in August. So I think that's one of the main reasons he dropped the title. So I think you definitely have to have Okada on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, but I just don't. Like, for you, do you remember Adam Page and Jay White for, like, the U.S. title that they had at New Japan, like, in the States? Yeah, I actually – I I wouldn't even – I mean, y'all can go 
read the article if you want to. Unfortunately, like there's a lot of people I mentioned that have been very canceled since then. So, but I wrote an article for Daily DDT for Fan Sided back when that match happened, and I remember it so well because it, the whole thing was about how that was the first time I viewed Hangman as like a potential world champion level guy. I was like, this was the best I've ever seen him look. So I've always remembered that being an incredible match between those two because because I also remember Jay White. He, he came in kind of cold to New Japan. Like, he came with a lot of momentum, but he kind of fell flat. And so it was, like, a match that I really thought was, like, huge for both guys. So, yeah, I, I really remember that one a lot. Yeah. I, did you like it, though? Yeah, I, I actually, I really did. I, his hangman, like, really showed me a lot in that match. Like, because you have to keep in mind, in this uh, trigger warning, Okay, I'm going to trigger warning right now before I say any, like, just you got to understand. But like, this was during the time when like, he was doing like the penis pretender stuff with Joey Ryan. You know what I mean? Yeah, like He was a total right. comedy guy on BTV. Yeah. And he was yeah. like a background guy in the Bullet Club and a guy who was like kind of lower mid carded in Ring of Honor before that. So it was like, to see him go from like, penis pretender story to like, that match i was like oh damn like he's actually like really damn good so yeah he killed yeah. he killed joey ryan right like in the bte that was the the gimmick right and yeah joey ryan came back it all in yeah yeah, yeah. so and, and i mean i remember him being like i remember when i saw him at ring of honor just before he even joined bullet club and being like man he's kind of good like, he's not bad. And then, like, I remember him always having the skills, but never really being, like, the guy that could have these, like, great matches, right? That they were constantly booking or whatever from New Japan. So, um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too sold on, on him, but I knew that he had potential. But I do remember the Jay White feud going in and thinking like oh man like he he could he could be something you know and now he's getting that mid-tier level and then he can move himself up so like yeah i remember that too so i do think it's kind of weird because 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 jay, jay way to just beat kenny for that u.s title too so like he came in yeah. flat and then beat kenny and that was like massive um, right so yeah no i yeah that was a, that was a really interesting time in new japan like right around then a lot of stuff was happening Man, you think about that and then like where they are now and it's totally it's, different. It's, it's night and day, man. It's yeah. completely night and day. And so that's my thing with like Jay White is like or or this this match in general. It's like I kind of wanted like dream matches that we haven't seen before. To me, Jay White and Adam Page are revisiting something, but I do think they're on two totally different levels in their careers now than where they were, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. Jay White's New Japan champion. Adam Page was AEW champion. So it makes sense if they want to do it. Plus, I do think the buildup could be good. You know, you're not having um, Adam Page speak English and Okada speak Japanese. You've got two guys that can speak English going back and forth at each other, and, like, it can hype up the pay-per-view, right? So I understand that part, um, and I'm okay with it. I, I guess it just depends what else they plan on doing, mainly with Okada. And so Zack Sabre Jr. challenged Brian Danielson at the end of his match. 
I mean, I think everyone's like, yes, please, right? Oh, yeah, that's, like, like, the best option, yeah. So, like, just technical dream match. Just a master class of a dream match. Well, also, that's – they. I I know for Wrestling Observer, like, they they renamed their, like, best technical wrestler award, the Brian Danielson Award, when he had to retire. And, like, Zack Sabre Jr. was the one, like, winning the title, like, winning that award, like, every year when Danielson was out, which was, like, pretty wild. And now – and then, like, I think Danielson won his own award, like, this past year. I think he, like, re-won that that over ZSJ. So, yeah, this is a big one. I I would love that matchup. So, I mean, let's just just view card where we're at right now. We've got Moxley and Tanahashi, which surprisingly has pretty big buildup. I mean, they've been calling each other out for a while. It just hasn't happened. Um, this was to happen all the way all out of last year. So we're almost at a full year when this match was supposed to happen. It never happened. So we're getting Tanahashi and Moxley. Um, very likely Jay White, Adam, Adam Page, possibly Okada, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, that's a pretty solid pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <it's the> <laughs> So I, I'm not I'm not too concerned. Um, I did. I, I mean, I love the fact that Osprey showed up in AEW. One, because I was afraid he was going to get canceled. I'm not going to lie. Thieves had um, a bad rap on something that even the guy that basically said they exposed him said that he, he was not telling the truth. It really was this person's fault all along. And I think people are at the point where they forgive Osprey. Like, regardless, I don't see the same vitriol and hate that I see for a lot of other people that they want canceled. I think Osprey is, he's in the clear pretty much. So I was just worried that, you know, when it came to the Briscoes and all that, no matter how many times they apologized or whatever, they wouldn't get their shot. So when I saw Osprey actually on AEW television, I was like, thank God. Um, and then. I didn't love the fact that his team lost on Rampage, but it's not like he took the pin, so right. I'm not too upset about it. I think he absolutely needs to beat Dax tomorrow, though. And with the U.S. title now, I really don't want Osprey in that FTR, Trent Beretta nonsense. I want Osprey to face somebody that's a top mid-card guy in AEW for his U.S. title. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, honestly, like, why not a Darby Allen? Yeah, Darby Allen and Osprey would be sick. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that 100. Um, I I mean, I know a lot of people hate him and what, but I mean, I think Sammy Guevara makes sense if they wanted to do that. Sammy Guevara and Will Osprey, I think. Um, I'm trying to think if they wanted to do him and Swerve think him and swerve makes sense um there's a there's a lot of guys on the roster that osprey would kill it with but i would prefer like the 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 uh united kingdom right Um, the united empire that's what i meant i would prefer that to be its own thing and and wrestle um with ftr or because because now jeff cobb and um great O'Conn are the type the tag team champs so it makes sense for them to face ftr if they wanted to do that so that takes care of that part but man do not do not do trent versus osprey please do not do trent versus osprey yeah yeah and i'm also wondering um 
because I honestly probably Darby versus Osprey is probably the best match I could think of for both guys personally. Um, I wonder if they run back Ishii and Kingston because they wrestled, uh, you know, they wrestled recently. I think that'd be a good one. So what has been my top dream match for Miro? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Miro versus Ishii. I like that a lot. Yeah. And Ishii is part of the ja- the New Japan tournament that that Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic. He is part of that. He faces uh, Connors. What is that? Oh, Clark, Clark Connors. Connors. Okay, yes, nice. he faces Clark Connors. And then um, there's another one too, but I feel like he's going to win that. And then I feel like Miro is going to win. And so it's going to be Miro and Ishii for the Mid-Atlantic title, which Ooh, I sign like me up all day. Sign yeah. me up all day. Yeah, that would be perfect, actually. I wonder what they do with Kingston then, because I think he should be a part of the show. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I Jericho don't should definitely be a part of the show too. He, he has history in both companies. What about Jericho and Suzuki? Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. You, that they yeah. should do that. Yeah. The pain maker. Why yeah, not? yeah, I love it. They should. They that should be it. So I mean, you could you could or, come up or, with some bangers. I remember you weren't you the one that brought up. Uh, Suzuki for Sting. I know Sting. Oh, hurt, I mean, I love like, it, but Sting's yeah, hurt. Yeah, that, that but was, I mean, I that was yeah. that would be my top one. Yeah, that would be so incredible. Oh my god, when Sting gets healthy, they got they have to do that. Sting. Well, so Suzuki. it's a four way at the Atlantic. My bad. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be Miro because he's definitely being Ethan Page. I think it's gonna be Malachi Black. It's gonna be Ishii, and it's going to be Pack. Which I mean, sick. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, like, how do you feel about the Mid Atlantic title? Um, not really necessary. But right. what, what would be cool about it is if it was defended on the Indies. Like that would be cool. Yeah. Um, but like, I just I don't really expect that. But if they could bring that title all over the place, that could be really cool. Otherwise, there just doesn't seem to be really a a real point for it outside of like. It's another big kind of you know title match for the pay per view. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Um, I mean, here's the other my... thing too, real quick. The the, the yeah. TNT title, like, it doesn't help that like the TNT title's been not great lately either. Like, agreed. You know, I think Scorpio Sky is not a great champion for that belt right now, um, especially because I think Ethan Page is even more entertaining. Um, oh, Saddam Singh versus dude. Saddam Singh didn't look terrible in his in his debut. That, that is a bathroom break if I have <laughs> ever seen one. I already like Saddam Singh more than Fale, I think. Um, Ugh. but anyway, Yano too. Oh my god, yeah, I'm, I'm with you no. there. Um, I just totally lost my train of thought. Was that We're talking about the about? belt. Here's here's a, here's my thing about oh. the belt though. Is I think the belt's as good as who's wrestling for it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also about the matches. Matches put belts over, in my opinion. If you have a banger of a match, then that belt has credibility. And sometimes I feel like TK needs a little direction. And so now that you have a title out there, you can always book that for a title. You can always have a top contender face this guy for this. Like, I think it makes things a little bit easier than just having a random match. It adds stakes to a match. Um, 
I think where it eventually gets a little blurry is where what happens with all these ROH belts and the FTW belt and all that stuff, right? Like that's where it's a big, there's just, everybody's going to walk around with the belt. That that's where it's a problem. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I was saying was like with the TNT title, like where that's at right now, I just, you know, I imagine Wardlow is probably about to win that considering he just called out that he wants to be the TNT champion. So I don't see Wardlow losing that title anytime soon. Um, so, but, th- but that's a totally different thing. You know, maybe that's part of it because Wardlow, that's kind of a wild card still with that title belt. Like if he's out there pretty much just powerbombing people and like not having full matches for the most part, they might want the Mid-Atlantic title to be kind of like a, not necessarily the, like a cruiserweight title because they're not like smaller, all smaller wrestlers, but like a, like a workhorse type title. Like you're not going to get the TNT title matches that you would have got out of like Cody or or Sammy or or Darby out of Wardlow, but maybe the Mid Atlantic is going to give you those kind of matches. Yeah. Also, the Mid Atlantic seems like it could be encouraging more international type yeah. talent. So I think you could have reasons to bring in like a El Vikingo or you know Dragon Lee or whatever, like just for a random show because yeah. he wants to wrestle for the mid-Atlantic title or something. And if that's the case, I think that's really dope. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. I, you know, And they have made, obviously, a huge emphasis on the different countries all being involved in stuff. Um, yeah, and oh yeah, Kyle, so uh, implications mentioned Kyle versus Ishimori. Dude, that's the thing. There's so many people. But Kyle, honestly, Kyle could be in one of these matches we're talking about. He's been on a a pretty good run right now. Like he could be wrestling, maybe one of the top new Japan guys, potentially Kyle, Kyle and Osprey. Yeah. That will. Yeah. That's, Ooh, that's right up there with Kyle and Darby for me. Like give me either of those. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle and Darby or an Osprey. So I don't even think Kyle and Osprey have even wrestled before. Not that I can think of. It would have happened. I know Osprey. I know Osprey and Cole have. They wrestled in Progress once. They wrestled in mm-hmm. New Japan once. And I know that Osprey's wrestled Bobby Fish, but I don't think he's faced Kyle. So that that's a pretty sick match. I'd love that. I mean, I'd be but, fine with Kyle versus Okada also. Darby versus Hiromu. That's a pretty good one, too. Yeah, I like that a lot. Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah. Yeah, I like... And honestly... I, I, I would lean more towards Darby versus uh, Hiromu and uh, Kyle versus Osprey now. Yeah. Well, in the way that they've kind of pushed Os- or, uh, O'Reilly, like it makes sense for him to face Osprey for the U.S. title. Like that yeah. makes sense to me. And he so, beat Darby straight up at the pay-per-view. Yeah. I like it. Book it, Tony. Yeah, I love that. So, I mean, let's just say we get – five or six of those matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this card's pretty fire. Oh yeah. I totally agree. Um, I'm seeing like all the, all the chats coming through. Shingo, Shingo needs, Shingo needs a good match. I, I would Shingo and Kingston. Shingo. How about that one? I'd take that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Shingo and Kingston. I like that. I, I like Shingo and Jericho as well. If they wanted to do that. True. 
Yeah, I'll take Jericho against anyone. I mean, that's a given. Like, I'll like him against anyone is good for me. But I think him and Suzuki is just like that's just perfect. Yeah, man, lot lot of fun ideas, a lot of good stuff, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to be Cobb and Great O'Con versus FTR. Yeah, me too. Robbie Eagles versus Yuta for pure title rules. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. El Fantasma would be good too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of really good options. A lot of people are like, who the hell are these people that we're talking about? But I mean, that's Cole. that's one cool thing. Like, I've been raving about Will Ospreay. I have Will Ospreay shirt on right now. Um, I'm a huge fan. And there's nothing that warms my heart more than to see Will Ospreay in an AEW graphic. I mean, I'm just like, oh. Yes. God, yes. Um, I, 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 I would. There's so many great matches for Osprey over there, and I, I would love to see a lot of them. Um, I thought him and Sonata was good from Dominion, and he won. And it's weird because he didn't get the title. He won, but Juice Robinson still has the title at his house, so it's like Osprey still keeps getting screwed by New Japan. But I'm going to tell you, they keep hinting at the fact that the only thing that Osprey still hasn't done because he's won like all the belts and the tournaments and everything. He's never won a G1. That's the only thing that he hasn't won yet, and they kept bringing that up. So I have a feeling that Osprey might win the G1 this year, and uh, that'll be interesting going into Wrestle Kingdom because I just can't see them doing Osprey and Jay White because they're both they're both heels. But um, I don't I don't know what the plans are there. Yeah. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a ton of. I mean, even like Carl Anderson just won the Never Openweight Championship. Yeah, like, just kind of out of nowhere. But I mean, it makes sense with him and uh, Tama Tonga's history. But yeah. um, I mean, I I've always been. This is really nothing against Gallows. Like I've always been more of a fan of of Carl Anderson as a singles wrestler than I was of the Good Brothers as a tag team. Just right. personally. Um. I, so I wonder who he's wrestling because I'd imagine he'll probably have a match on the show. I would say this, this is actually a great point. This is the card that really going four plus hours, it doesn't matter because we're buying this for matches. Not a lot of storylines involved. We're just buying this for, for, for wrestling and for the dream matches and stuff. So I, I agree with that. Um, but but I, Naito. yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he looks kind of broke down to me, honestly, like, I, the, I think he's going to be in the G1 too. And like, man, I don't know. Like he was like in a, just like a, one of the first opening matches in a multiple tag match that he barely did anything in. I don't know, but yeah, if you wanted to, I mean, Naito and whoever um, sucks. Abushi is not available. Like that's, what's crazy is I just want this thing to be a success to the point to where they want to keep, doing this every year and i feel like next year could just be a banger ridiculous so i i just thought of this right after i said it but romeo's on point that's it right there they'll do some they can do like an lij match that i mean because like uh like andrade can get involved in that too and like roosh and stuff like there's well did you did you hear the controversy do. there they said that basically the lucha bros and andrade are not allowed to participate oh, in this show that's right i did see that i saw andrade yeah. tweet about that yeah 
So because of CML and AAA, like their contracts with them won't allow them to do it. That's we'll weird. see. And and that's the thing too is like how many of that type of stuff is going on that we don't know about, and we're like, why don't they just do this True. or why don't they do that? Like maybe they can't. Like maybe we just don't know about it, and Tony just doesn't come out and say it. But that's why because they're not allowed to. Because um, I was always wondering, like, dude why hasn't Osprey come to the company yet? Like, come on, he's Will freaking Osprey. And then now, all of a sudden he's here now. So like, who's to say that they were like, no, he can't come over there right now. Like, we're not going to do that. So I don't know. And then I'm very curious about like the finishes on a lot of these matches. Cause I just, I just don't see a lot of them being okay with either guy going over. So I, I don't know how they're going to come to a conclusion on that. I'm cool with AEW just winning all of them personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. AEW is the A side. They get to control everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I love New Japan for what it was like years back. And I still, I mean, I still have a lot of respect for what they're doing. I mean, I, I, I'm obviously kidding when I say that. It's just, yeah. um, obviously I'm a way bigger AEW fan at this point, but, um, I think it'll be probably pretty much like down the line 50 50, like, like half the winners will be from AEW, half will be from New Japan, and yeah, they'll probably keep it fairly even. They'll probably protect certain guys of each company that you know, but that's also why we're getting certain matches. I'm sure they're not going to put two two people in there that absolutely can't lose against one another. So, um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see play out, and I hope we see some surprises like like results we don't expect would be would be yeah. pretty cool. Which uh, most of these aren't predictable outcomes, to be honest, though, to begin with. Like, I mean, you have to assume like Moxley will beat Tanahashi, considering it's for the interim title and Mox and in Punk makes a lot of sense. But I mean, no one ever thought we'd ever see Tanahashi versus CM Punk either. Like, I mean, that might be, you know, I mean, maybe they'll do just, it. Like, just imagine like Jay White wins, gets on the mic, cuts his promo, and then the lights go out, and then Kenny Omega's music hits, and that place just loses its shit in Chicago. And he doesn't have to say a word. He just has to stand there and come out. And, like, everyone's going home happy, right? Everyone's marking out. Like, I hope we get something like that. Um, Also, wouldn't be surprised if we get some things that would possibly link to a future show in Japan towards the end of the year. To where there's unfinished business in certain things, so a uh, lot, lot of, lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if they worked it out with Abushi, and then like Kenny and Abushi both come out together. Like that would be crazy. Lights go off at the end of the show. Jay White wins. Lights go off. Everyone's who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Lights come on. Omega and Abushi making out in the middle of the ring. Then what happens? Uh, yeah, I don't need that. Golden lovers can, are back. Yeah, they don't have to make out, but that would be cool to <laughs> no, be in the ring. To. Yeah, they can, they can they can hold hands. So I don't know. It's just funny because like they're like you know they're like the best wrestlers of like our generation in the ring, but like they're also super known for like that. Well, also. and, and like, I don't I don't really want to spend hours of my day explaining why Kenny and Coder are gay. Like I I don't want to well, do that. You know, well you don't have to. Like who who would you ever have to explain that to? Casual fans that never watch New Japan are wondering why the two best wrestlers yeah. in there are making out. Like that's if you were why. saying it's Pride Month, I'm just yeah. saying well, it can I'm be Pride saying. FC. 
because that's that's no, we're good. I'm, hey, I support Pride Month. I'm not going to be over here like Doug talking down on people. I support Pride Month. I'm not talking down on anybody. I'm just saying I don't think that they have to go that far. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. Um, <laughs> you know, and we've never seen Kenny and Ibushi full on make out on screen. For There's been story. a pack. There's there has been, been packs. There has been packs. Yep. Um, but um, but no, it's just you know. We've never seen performers like Kenny and Ibushi before, and for a lot of reasons. Not just that, yeah. but also like wrestling blow up dolls and like inanimate objects, but like also being like the best wrestlers in the world. It's like it's it's pretty But they're wild. they're a perfect representation of good storytelling. Yeah, right. For sure. Because it's like percent. people that like them being, let's say, let's say they are gay, right? That's almost secondary to the story because it's such a strong story that that part of it is just like in the backdrop and so much like let's say this was a hollywood movie this it would just be thrown in your face they're gay 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 this is what they are and like the story would be in the backdrop but with them it's like the story of their friendship and their being like soulmates and all this other stuff that's gone on like it, it, and then you're questioning: Are they? Are they not? Do I care? Do I not? Like it, it's one of those things. It's like you, you care. You want them to be happy, right? And you know that the bet, the way that they're the most happy is together. So just them being together is 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 the is like the pop. It doesn't need to be like thrown in your face making out. It's just the fact that like. Oh, they're back together again. They're happy. They're at their best. Like, yes, the golden lovers are back. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's more so what I mean is it's like they're able to tell such a story to where that part of it isn't even that that huge of an aspect. Now, granted, some people will grab onto that and only that and be like, oh my God, it's the best thing ever because of Pride Month and representation. But really, the story of Kenny and Obushi, it's just like they said. They even did this in the locker room. Like they didn't speak a word to each other backstage in New Japan for like two years. And people had no idea if there was like beef, what was going on. So when they actually hugged from that save, it was such a huge moment. And people were just like touched by it. You know what I mean? So, and then I remember like, Kenny talking about Ibushi when he was leaving for AEW and getting super emotional about it. And it's like, no matter how you feel about that, it's, it's the part of it. Just, it still hits you in the heart because you know that those guys really care about each other and they want to be together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and the, the story on BTE was like incredible too. Like the, like the, the, the overall story. And we know the story isn't over still amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Dude, I remember I remember when Kenny knocked on the Bucks's hotel door and it was first Kenny and then Abushi came on the other side and I was just like, yeah, <sighs> and I like couldn't sleep that night because the because it was like, oh, my God, the Bucks and, and Abushi and, and Kenny, the Golden Lovers are teaming up. They're working this out. They're going to go against the evil Cody Rhodes like this is amazing, like. That's one of the best storylines ever was the Bullet Club is fine with mixed with the Golden Lovers and the Young Bucks and all that stuff. Like, 
I wish they could have a storyline that deep in AEW. I really, truly do. Because it was one of the best. And freaking Cody was evil as hell. And it was it was great. It was so great. Yeah, it really was. Um, and I mean, that's a lot of what AEW, like, like what they laid the foundation for what AEW was like when it started like a lot of it was because of the success of like that's that like all those stories all at the same time yeah and all the views BTU was getting and how the like they were they were so good about and they still are but like even that it was even more important then where they were mixing in like like when you went to like a live indie show if like the young bucks popped up or something like you would see storylines like playing out and continuing in front of you from BTE, like at indie shows and stuff. Like it was pretty cool how they, how they put it all together and then with new Japan as well, obviously and ring of honor, but yeah. Um, I mean, it is cool. The other cool thing about Kenny and, and Ibushi is like, they're both, they can both go in the ring to such a degree that like, it just, everything gets validated. Like everything. Yeah. Like, like there's like, there's never going to be like a buildup in a story like that. And the payoff isn't going to be incredible. Like they're always going to knock it out of the park with whatever they're doing in the ring. So like you always have a payoff to the, to the stories, which is, which is awesome. Right. Well, and like I said, the, the stories are just, they're so, it's just not thrown in your face. It's not so, so like just boom, this is what it is. You kind of have to figure it out. The lines are blurred. Nobody really knows. Like it's just an assumption or whatever. Like, like even Don Callis, he won't answer the question. Like it's just like this kind of enigma that goes on, but you can't help but watch and you can't help but be involved and want to know what what's going on. So that's why I say it's it's really great storytelling, and that's part of it is why people still want to see the Kenny and Obushi storyline because it's like they know how much that they each care about each other and they want to see like one last big match to let it all out the the very best that they got. And I think it could be huge. So, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's a very interesting storyline that, that definitely when you're talking about the forbidden door, Kenny Omega versus Koto Ibushi is something that people want to see for sure. So, yeah, that that's a big one. I mean, for me, I want to see Osprey and Omega. I I think that they could have some some really great stuff. I think it would be almost perfect for Osprey to win Wrestle Kingdom, win the title, and then Kenny has a problem with it, and then that's when they actually have a, a match or something like that. Um, because at, at the end of the day, I do think there's jealousy there, and I think that Kenny's definitely watching a close eye on Osprey. And I think that um, Osprey is is motivated to surpass Kenny, and I, I think it's going to be very interesting because people are like, well, Osprey isn't that guy, blah blah blah. I mean, Osprey's twenty nine years old. Let's see where Osprey's at at thirty seven if he's still healthy. But at the end of the day, like, what is all he accomplished when he gets to that? You know, how many times is he New Japan champion? How many times has he won the new uh, like the G one, the New Japan Cup? You know what I mean? Like he's he's a guy that I I especially as loyal he is to New Japan. Like I could see him definitely doing some big things uh, in New Japan that would would definitely possibly surpass Kenny. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. I'm I'm really looking forward to Forbidden Door. 
I mean, like we said, we still don't know what like at least half of the show is going to be for sure. So I'm sure some I, of those questions we're going to answer tomorrow though on Dynamite. I feel like it has to, right? Because I mean, we're one week away. Like at some yeah. point, like we we've got to get. I'm hoping we find out Osprey's opponent tomorrow. I'm hoping that we have clarification on what Adam Page is doing, um, what Jay White's doing. Uh, I think those and Okada. I hope we have clarification on all that. Um, keep in mind too that St. Louis was supposed to get full gear and it got moved to Minnesota. So Tony owes them. This is like the return of these people bought pay-per-view tickets and it got canceled because the UFC and boxing were all on the same night. So I think he's bringing a big show to tomorrow. So I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about the card a little bit. I mean, it got stacked. So Jericho's also fa- uh, facing uh, Ortiz for a hair versus hair match. That's I kind of think he's going to lose. You think Jericho's going to lose? Yeah, because I mean that that was he was balding pretty bad in that uh, uh, anarchy in the arena match, and uh, I just th- and and he already had his hair cut right. Like they they already cut a chunk out of his hair. But man, Jericho bald. Ugh, I don't know if I like that at all. I mean, like, he's I, cut his hair really short before, but. Bald, but not bald. But he loves to reinvent himself, right? I mean, this that would be another way to do it. But like, the problem is, is if he does it, it's not growing back. Like, long-haired Jericho is gone forever. If he yeah, does this. It's always a sad thing to see when someone finally just like shaves their head and like they can never grow it back, or or they try and like it just doesn't look right. Like I remember when the Big Show tried doing it. Like when after he got his hair his haircut, he tried to like come back and grow it out again. It looked all weird, and he gave up on it. And you know, Kurt Angle always had to keep his hair bald afterwards. And I mean, it is what it is. I mean, but yeah, Jericho will he'll continue to reinvent himself. And if he thinks the next thing he needs to do is go bald, then that's the thing. But I can also see Ortiz shaving his head. I mean, because like he'd look fine either way. You know what I mean? He wouldn't look strange with buzzed hair jericho might because like you know we've never seen him with a buzzed head we've been watching him on tv for 30 years a lot of the time uh ortiz like he changes up his hairstyle now if he if he wore like the fro more, more often then yeah. it'd be a bit more noticeable but he he braids his hair a lot more so like i just don't think it'd be as noticeable as like jericho uh, you know shaving all of his hair off either way like it's cool that we're getting a hair versus hair match you know, for free on Dynamite tomorrow, like as a part of a stack show, like that's just one thing that's happening. So it feels pretty much like a pay-per-view. It's called yeah. Road Rager. I mean, they, they are going to have, do you think the Bucks are going to win the titles? Yes. This is the one. This is the one. This is the one where Jurassic Express finally, finally loses, huh? I think, cause you know, I've been, I've been taking Jurassic Express in like most of these matches where most other people have been gone against them. But I've been saying like, They'll eventually lose it to a more established team. The Young Bucks are the right team, in my opinion. But I also don't know for sure if the title would change hands if it was a three-way, uh, three-way match. Still, I don't know. I they might have to change plans because of the Hardys not being involved and stuff. But like, I I could. I think it makes sense to put the titles on the Young Bucks right now. So yep. And then FTR and them will have another match, I'm sure, at some point because FTR yep. like they. They're pretty much well, owed a title shot with all the titles they're carrying right now. So this uh, this is going to kind of sound ridiculous, but let's say FTR beats 
Great Okan and Cobb for the New Japan titles. Yeah. And then they face the Bucks. It will literally be all the titles on the line if they do that. So I yeah, can see that. I can see that happening. Yeah. Well, and, uh, but, you know, but with all the titles on the line, I, I would like the Bucks to win. Just because I think me too. like the shit. So me too. I, I would, but I love, yeah. I mean, we both love both teams, but like, yes, I, I the young bucks are my favorite, like tag team, like, right. current tag team for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I'm with Romeo. He said it in the chat, uh, that you know, that the bucks had to, you know, he's like, I don't know why the bucks had to lose to the Hardys. Well, yeah, I also I, I disagreed with that decision, like to have them lose. I, I wanted the young bucks to win that match against the Hardys personally, but like. Obviously, they were they were going a route of like a series of matches that you know now with Jeff that's getting the rugs getting pulled out from under that so like it's you know in hindsight yeah that definitely sucks because it's like the Young Bucks should have just won that match especially if they're gonna win the titles uh, tomorrow night like you you might as well just have the Young Bucks win but they obviously didn't know that you know the Jeff Hardy stuff was gonna happen so you know just kind of what it is. The Hardys were intended to win the titles, in my opinion. Like I think that they were supposed to win the titles, and then they would have kept feuding with the Bucks, and the Bucks would eventually took the belts off of them. Yeah, I think that's what the goal was. Now that they're out, I think you go straight to Bucks and FTR. So, and yeah. if if Jurassic Express wins tomorrow, like damn, dude, I don't know. They might they might have a long long reign. Maybe they do the ultimate swerve, and Christian grabs the title belts. Everyone's like. I mean, in this match, he's finally like, I'm tired of being, I'm, I'm the tag team champions. I hope he doesn't do that, by the way. But maybe, like, like, maybe he pushes the ladder off and Jungle Boy flies through a table or something, and then it's set. I could see that, but isn't that weird that, like, Christian would help? Why well, should we, I guess it's the Young Bucks and not the Hardys being involved. Right. Because that was another layer to that whole thing, is, like, clearly they were waiting on the Christian turn, because that had to do something with the Hardys being involved, I felt like. They were going to have some yeah. sort of Christian and Hardys thing going. Yeah. Um, there was even speculation that Edge might be like trying to get out of his WWE deal because, like, of everything going on with him, that they were going to try to do the Edge and Christian and the Hardys and the Young Bucks and stuff on like AEW. But I know that's just speculation, but they did just totally, completely change course with Edge, um, for totally different reasons. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, Christian's probably turning on this one. It's probably time. They've, they finally hinted it enough that, um, and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is clearly like he's showing signs of like I'm kind of sick of this guy, you know, like yeah, you know, yeah. like and Marco Stunt didn't used to hits. talk this much, yeah, right, right. <laughs> he knew his place, you know what I mean. <laughs> and then Christian will also talk about like how like we keep we win the titles, we're the champs, right. like dude, you're not even a re- you're not even wrestling, like shut up. Yeah, you know this isn't I mean? like a new day or free birds type scenario. Like you're not defending the titles with us ever. Right. Right. You don't even fit in with us. This doesn't she doesn't even go here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you still hanging out with these guys? That's why I think he's just gonna snap and just talk about how ridiculous the team is and how he's had to stay in there for this long and all that stuff. So I had to pretend to be friends with a dinosaur for over a year. Right. And this nerdy dork. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And then I think Jungle Boy and him could have a nice feud that could definitely help elevate Jungle Boy some. So that would be cool. I'm down with yeah, that. For sure. 
that's the thing too is like right after this i mean this like blood and guts and then we've got for uh we then we've got all out preparation gets all out and i mean it it's not going to slow down at all so and you know what we got this weekend that we didn't even think about putting on here um i'll be live this sunday night i thought it was saturday all week but it's gonna be on sunday um Impact Slammiversary. I'll be doing the post show for Fightful with Denise Salcedo. So uh, that's happening too. Mr. TNA, Doug here on the yeah. RVD Cheater for like no. WWE sucks, TNA rules. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, Slammiversary we took, we took the L. this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we took the L. <laughs> we took the L on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dixie, Dixie Carter had other plans. So, yeah, that ain't working. Um, um, but, but Slammiversary is this weekend. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, we don't really need to talk much about it, but I'll, I will be on the post show if anyone wants to watch over on Fightful. Um, I'll be breaking it down with Denise on Sunday night. If you're a Will Ospreay fan, it's also a big weekend for Will Ospreay. We have Will Ospreay versus Nick Wayne in GCW. This is Nick Wayne's dream match that he wanted to have at Joey Janela's spring break. That it, And this is basically to make up for the match that he couldn't have at Madison Square, not Madison Square, at Hammerstein Ballroom because he was underage or whatever rules they had. So they Joey Janela asked him, like, who's the number one guy you want to face and I'll do anything I can to book it? His guy was Will Ospreay. So he's finally going to get to wrestle Will Ospreay this weekend on GCW. Also, um, Warriors of Wrestling, a bonkers main event. It's like it's Will Ospreay versus Davey Richards versus Swerve versus Jake something versus – Brian Pillman Jr., like, it's like seven guys. Jeff Cobb, like, it, it's crazy. And then the winner, KC Navarro and Brian Cage, is also going to be in that match. So if you're a Will Ospreay fan, big weekend for that. So I'm definitely looking forward to this weekend for those matches. Um, so, yeah, and then we also have, like I said, Impact Slammiversary, um, which the main event is Josh Alexander versus Eric Young, correct? That's correct. Yeah, um, now full disclosure, I have to get caught up on impact cause I don't cover it weekly for the weekender anymore. Cause, um, they actually do a post show now on Thursdays on, on the main YouTube channel for fightful. Um, so I'm going to actually have to binge a lot of, of impact that I've missed over the last probably three weeks or so. Um, but I do know the card, um, but, and also just, uh, I'll throw this out there. I was at battle slam on uh, the fight for ATL show this past yeah. Sunday as well, which was a really good show. I highly recommend if y'all missed that, you can check the replay out on fight TV, F I T E fight TV. Um, I, I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was great. And I got a good interview with Baron black afterwards, as well as with Adam priest, uh, two guys that I, I think have a lot of potential. Um, but yeah, with, uh, with Slammiversary, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll read out the card real quick. I, we don't need to break down everything, but just so you know, the whole card, um, the main event, we got Josh Alexander versus Eric Young. Um, we do have some really good matches on here though. I'm not, you know, that I am really looking forward to Ult, the, the old, uh, X division match looks good. Yeah. So it's ultimate X, which is, um, yeah, Ace go. Austin defending the X division title against Kenny King speedball. Trey Miguel, Jack Evans, and Alex Zane. So yeah, that'll, that'll be, be good. That'll be really good. We got the influence versus Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie. Um, that's okay. the knockouts tag titles. Uh, Sammy Callahan versus Moose and Monsters Ball. With it being Monsters Ball, that's like that's really Callahan's like 
bread and butter. Like, yeah, I'll give him that. Those. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not the biggest Callahan guy, but like he does, he does deliver in those kind of settings. Yeah. Um, we have uh, the Impact Originals, which is Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, Frank Kazarian, and uh, two mystery partners against Honor No More, which is Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent. I am hoping <laughs> the two TBAs are America's Most Wanted. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Do you think I so? Do. I do because Chris Harris has already shown up on Impact. And I mean, James Storm is just not really doing a lot. I, I think yeah. it is. I, I, I actually do. I would love it. You're going to mark out, huh? Oh, yeah. I will. America's oh, most wanted, baby. I thought it was cool that he came back recently and, like, helped, like, he, like, punched someone, like, to try, like, when Storm, like, to help him win. So, um, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Now, they have a lot of options. I mean, everyone's been through through TNA. So, I mean, they can pull Impact Originals. There, there's plenty of options. But my top option would be um, America's most wanted for sure. Um, after that, we got, uh, the Briscoes versus the good brothers for the impact world tag team titles. We got the queen of the mountain match, which I've never been a huge fan of like the actual, I, I, I should say this, the matches wind up being kind of entertaining. It's just the rules are convoluted and weird. So like, it's just kind of a weird thing to watch with like the penalty, penalty box and all that stuff. But like, not as weird as the reverse battle royal though. That's the weirdest. Like the battle royal where you have to get into the ring to win. Like that that yeah. was a real bad idea. Another real bad idea, the feast and fired, where like someone goes to get a briefcase and like they just get fired by random luck and stuff. But anyway, they could get a title shot. So it's yeah. like right, yeah, you can be the world champion or get fired or maybe have to wear a turkey suit or something stupid. Yeah. It's um, like Russian roulette with your career. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I would never want to be in that match or grab a briefcase. I'd just be like, I don't want yep. to get fired or anyway. Yep. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll learn a title shot another way. I'll yeah, just keep my or, job. And they would always try to make it like realistic by like having like a, a a tag team guy get like a shot at like a singles title or something. It was yep. so stupid. Um. Anyways, we have the Queen of the Mountain match, which there's a lot of talent in this one. This should actually be really good as well. Um, Tasha Steele's defending against Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, and Mia Yim. Um, I saw Tasha Steele. I've seen her live a few times now. I saw her again at Battle Slam. Really impressive. Like she, I think she's done well as the Knockouts champion, but not like to the level of like a. I mean, it's it's tough to fill the shoes of like, you know, like uh, Deanna Perrazzo had like such a great run with the title and, and like there was a lot of exposure that Mickey James had on the belt when she was a champion doing the Royal Rumble and everything. And like Jordan Grace is so unique in what she does. And, but I think Tosh is underrated. Like she, she impressed me a lot at Battle Slam. Um, but yeah, I think that's another good match. Um, and what else, what else do we have? We have, a, oh no, oh, there is a reverse Battle Royal on here. I had no yeah. idea that was even on it's, here. It's I had the no idea. It's the pre-show. I had no idea when I said that there was one yeah. on here. Yes, makes sir. sense. Makes sense since they're doing all other gimmicks. Um, and then there's also Rich Swan versus Brian Myers for the Digital Media Championship. So that's it. That's an uh, interesting matchup. Yeah. No. No. Uh, I mean, I didn't even know Rich Swan was the Digital Media Champion. I, he, he beat Cardona for it. I guess I don't remember <laughs> that at all. Digital um, media champion. That sounds it's a ridiculous. Weird title. And yeah, I mean, and Willie Max nowhere to be found on this whole show. And you know, it's just uh I think he's point. done. 
I think he might be too. That's how out of the loop I am on Impact at the moment. Like I said, I got I got some catching up to do before I uh, review the show on Sunday. But um, aces aces and eights are also on that card. Yeah. Well, like Austin joined Bullet Club. Like that's that's cool. Um, it's it's one of those things where the good thing about reviewing these kind of shows is this show well delivered. Like Impact on their big four pay per views, like they have really good shows and really good matches. Like it's an easy thing to review after the show it's just all these gimmicks all these gimmick matches are just a little some of them are a little alarming like the reverse battle world is a bad idea like i legitimately didn't know that was on here and the queen of the mountain could either be incredible or disaster like it isn't going to be just okay it'll either be a complete disaster or absolutely incredible um and like eric young like it's cool to see him in the title match and all, but it's like, this is slam anniversary and we're back to like Eric young in a title match. Like when you have this roster, you could have had ace Austin against Josh Alexander or Chris Bay against Josh Alexander or speedball, Mike Bailey against Josh Alexander. or I mean, Trey Miguel, so on and so forth. But I love Eric young. I'm not going to ever down. I'm not going to talk down on Eric young. I, I really like Eric young and he's a really nice guy. I got to meet him in person when I lived in Nashville. Very, very, I, I'm an Eric young fan, but like, why is he the title match? It just kind of, yeah. you know. Like I said, they've got a lot of talent, but the matches that they end up deciding to go with are just like, no. I mean, when people saw Ace Austin during the New Japan tournament just recently, like everybody was like blown away. And then he joins <laughs> Bullet Club. He's got all this momentum. And then you have Chris Bay, who's also in the Bullet Club. Those are two guys that, you could literally make as your champion and at least put him in there as contenders with Josh Alexander. I mean, Eric Young, I, yeah. Like, no offense to old TNA, but I feel like if you're part of that old regime, people have kind of wrote you off. Like, they're more willing to give the newer guys a chance than they are to, like, the older guys. Now, to be fair, though, like Chase Oliver just said, I'll pull that one up. Um, I, w- I would be okay with this, but I'm also a James Storm mark. So like, I don't know if I'm being biased, but like, I would have been okay with James Storm for Josh Alexander, like more okay than, than Eric Young personally, but yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm okay with that. But that's all, that's all to say. I mean, Eric Young, the other thing is when Eric Young left the WWE a couple years ago, he like immediately became the impact world champion. So like, we've kind of already seen like this version of Eric Young. You know, he's got the, the um, I just blanked on the name of the group. Uh, Violence is Forever. No, that's Karini and Koo. Violent by Design. Um, he's got that all going on. That's cool. And I like Joe Doring a lot, actually. Like, I, I really like Joe Doring a lot. Um, I like Diener. I like Rhino and stuff. All those guys who have been involved with that story. But Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of, I would have much rather seen, like, Speedball Mike Bailey versus Josh Alexander for the title. So, like, something yeah. like that. I think it's mainly because it's their 20th anniversary. So they're For doing sure. it like original sure. versus, you know, their top guy. For sure. It is what it is. But I, I do hope that they start pulling the trigger on some of these young guys while they have them. Because I feel like they're going to be worth a lot more on the outside. Like, you don't think the New Japan wouldn't want to sign Ace Austin? You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a lot of uh, guys that they have that they need to start really using to the main event level. Oh yeah, I've been talking about that for years with Impact. It's just 
it is what it is. But like when it comes to these big four pay-per-views, like I said, that it, it will deliver. These matches will be good, at least for the most part. I, I'm confident they'll be good. So I am really looking forward to it. I know it's on Father's Day, so that's gonna make it tough for a lot of people. Um my my dad is actually gonna be out of town visiting my grandmother. He when he booked the whole trip, he didn't even like think about that it was Father's Day. So like I'm actually gonna be free to to like I'm not gonna have anything going on that day. So it kind of works out great to give me something to do. Um but uh but yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to the show. I think it'll be good. Yeah, it's crazy. TNA 20 years. Like that's yeah. that's wild. I, I yeah. was right, damn it. No. <laughs> well, they they survived all these years for sure. Yeah. 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 No, but I mean, God, they are such a shell of what they used to be. Not like they've reinvented themselves. So I give them that. And I'm not saying it's all bad or anything, but it's nothing of what it was. We, we talked about it before. When AJ left, that was the it was end it. of like what that it was. was. It. Yeah. That was it. And I mean, it's such a symbol of the end yeah and then they just tried to act like that that wasn't that big of a deal that was was just so ridiculous like they were so tone deaf in that way too like and then it's like and and what what turned out to be so much worse is he went to new japan and ring of honor and like absolutely killed it it's like wrestler of the year like iwgp world heavyweight champion like just killed it and they're just like okay we have magnus and ethan carter the third and you're like okay i mean it was what like 10 years plus of of tna for for aj and then leaves for like two years for a little bit of ring of honor and then that in that big new japan run and within like that like two year span or whatever it was then wwe is like yeah, we want you. Like, yeah, we were wrong about the last like like over a decade when you were over there, but like, yeah, you're you're the real deal. Like, we want you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Vince gets him and he's like, "Oh, if I had any idea you were this good, like I yeah. got you a long time ago." Like I mean, like, people nowadays don't realize like AJ was the one. Like if you had to pick yep. one guy who wasn't in the WWE, like it was AJ Styles for yep. so long. Yeah. Um yeah, Danielson also to like a, a different extent, kind of like depending on if you like the technical and you're really locked in on Ring of Honor, but but Impact had a way bigger reach than Ring of Honor did yep. at that point. Like, but it's like yeah. anytime you were at a WWE event, like your number one like dream match would be AJ versus anybody in this WWE show. Like, yep. like AJ was the number one outside guy that you would want. That's why it was such a big deal when he came to the WWE. I'm glad he killed it. I mean, I, I really am. I mean, now he's more just like putting over younger guys and whatever. But yeah, that 2016 run, sick. Well, my my number one dream match for for AJ outside of Shawn Michaels, which just didn't it just wasn't really realistic by the time yeah. AJ came over. But like, it was Jericho, and they did it immediately. So like, I'm happy for that. Like, I wanted Jericho and AJ for a long time, and like they did it. They did it at WrestleMania, which is like huge for me as a fan of both guys i was um, there for that yeah that's awesome and then jericho won which was unexpected but i wasn't because, happy about that but the way that he handled it 
And like, like the, the next thing we knew he was feuding with Roman for the title. So it was like the loss didn't really hurt him at all. Like he just, well, if you remember the next night on raw, he won the main event to become the number one contender. Right. So he loses to Jericho. Yeah. And then he won the main event and became the number one contender. And it was like off to the races. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was, that was a weird WrestleMania. Um, Romeo wants to know who the current day AJ Styles is. I mean, um, Will Ospreay, it's my opinion. Like, I think I don't think there's anybody better than him out in the outside than than Will. Like I think Will, he just puts everything together more so than anybody I've seen. He can do high flying, he can do strong style, he can do submission, he can do amateur. Like you name it, the guy's tech. He can be technical if he needs to be. Like he can do it all, and. He now is so much more comfortable in the character that he plays. He he, like it's one thing to put him in a random tag match on Rampage, but let that guy actually go out there and face the top guy and give him like twenty five minutes, and that man will give you a five star match, and he does it consistently. Um, it was funny too because he looked up to AJ. Like AJ was his number one guy, and then when he got to wrestle AJ, it was like that his dream come true. And I just feel like he's kind of in AJ's footsteps. Like, I, I feel like when you're talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling and you're talking about dream matches, I don't think there's anybody there than, than Osprey. I mean, I think Okada is definitely up there, but I also think that Okada has a certain style that I don't know necessarily is as appealing as Osprey's is. It just depends on who Okada's facing. Yeah. I mean, Osprey is probably the one that makes the most sense to compare to AJ um, for a lot of reasons, like with their in-ring style and like their popularity outside of like major promotions and stuff like that. I mean, New Japan's major, but like not being WWE, you know. Right. Um, Anybody else come to mind for you? I'm trying to think on like that level. I mean, it's tough because like AJ was so high level. I mean, I could, I could mention guys that I think are kind of similar, but not to like the same level AJ was, especially when it comes to popularity. Like, like someone like Alex Zane, I think is like super unique and super talented and could do a lot of stuff that like is really innovative, but he doesn't have the same kind of like credentials. Right, exactly. Um, like Blake Christians in a, a similar kind of boat, like guys that can really, really, really work, but just not. Uh, Osprey's a little different because, like, he's you know been a world champion and in New Japan and like you know all over the world, worldwide superstar. And like his matches with Ricochet, like I love, <laughs> I love those matches. Like those are like legendary for me, even though they were super choreographed. I thought it was just something that was really cool and different to see. Um, you know, I mean, when you think so, I could also throw out someone like <clears throat> in ring style, but you know, like a Ninja Mac, I is like you know because he's so innovative and so unique and all the high flying and stuff, but he still can do technical wrestling and, but he's more of like an amazing red to me, kind of yeah, like with like I, his, like I, I the like, shock of what he I does. like that comparison. Yeah, so like so when, but it it's also to- like you got to think too, like with Osprey. Back in 2016, he was kind of like a Ninja Mac, and then he went to New Japan, and then he won Best of Super Juniors, and then he like kept it elevating himself. He put on 15, 20 pounds of, of size, and then went all the way and won the New Japan uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight Title, and then he's won the New Japan Cup, 
he's like, you know what I mean? And then he has 19 five-star matches, right? Like, that's crazy. So that's what I'm saying is, like, when you're talking about, like, the proof and the accomplishments and where you're at at that age, he's 29 years old, I think Osprey is probably the closest to AJ. I do think that they're – and it is kind of interesting, too, because he does have a very strong uh, foreign accent. But AJ got a lot of flack for having a very strong southern accent. And Mike's skills weren't the best for AJ, but he's gotten better. And I think the same thing for Osprey. So I think if I think it'll get to the point to where Osprey will have that reputation of AJ, and whether he shows up in the WWE or AEW, like it will be a huge deal when he finally makes that decision to go there. Yeah, no, I'm with if you. If he ever does, because I. Because, like, I kind of think RVD was a lot like that, too. Where, like, RVD was a guy that just, like, he kept raising his stock and being known as the top outside guy. And, like, for me, it's always – those are always been my favorites, dude. Like, RVD, AJ Styles, Will Ospreay. Like, those are probably my three top favorites of all time, damn near. And if you want to go mainstream, then you mix in Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle. But, like, those are, like, my top guys. So um, there's something with Osprey that definitely reminds me of that AJ type that I that I really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, that totally – I mean, I think that's probably the closest comparison you can make to someone like AJ, like, outside of WWE AJ. So I like that a lot. We got a super chat from uh, from Chris. Osprey and Chris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, hey, GCW could pull that off, too. Yep. He's God. Evening, boys. Any word on where All Out is moving to? As it's pretty clear, it won't be at Sears Center. I'm reading the Wrigley Field or even going to the Air Canada Center or BMO Field in Toronto. Um, Not that I know of. It sounds like Tony's still stuck in tradition and wants to do it in Chicago. But I do think it's pretty interesting that they haven't made an announcement yet. But I expect an announcement at Forbidden Door. So especially if you have the Chicago crowd already there, like, Hey, the next time we're going to be in Chicago is here. Um, I would love for it to be in Toronto though. I, I, I need AEW to start traveling to like foreign countries because I think like AEW and a UK audience would be sick. Those people would go crazy. Um, AEW in Canada, like imagine like with Kenny and Jericho and Christian and like all the Canadian representation that they could have there. I think that would be huge. Um, Do an Owen Owen Hart title match there? Something. Yeah, Adam Adam Cole, Bret Hart in the crowd maybe or something. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, that would be that would be awesome. So yeah, what where would you like to see all out? Well, yeah, thanks thanks for the super chat, Chris. I I, I like the idea of Wrigley a lot. Like, if they're going to do it in Chicago, especially because I have no doubts about AEW selling out anywhere they go with, with the right promotion and time to, to do it. Because they literally, they just keep selling out. Like, every time that everyone's like, well, this is going to be the time. Like, the building's too big. The stadium's too big. And then they sell out pre-sale. Uh, pre like, it's nothing. Like, so, yeah. I, you know, I think that Wrigley would sell out just like everywhere else does. Um so I would like that. I mean, of course, I'd like to, to come to Atlanta. I mean, that would be 
preferable for me so I could yeah. go. I'd like um, to go to Texas. Yeah, right. Um, I like you, the idea you of – name it. Austin, <laughs> Dallas, San Antonio, Houston. We can make it work. Yeah, there you go. I, I like the idea of Toronto. Um, is they I don't I don't know. Um, I'm guessing BMO Field is probably where the Blue Jays play. Um, what's the other one? He said the Canada Center was yeah. it? Um, yeah. Air Canada is that is that what the Rogers Center was? Or is the Rogers Center still there? I don't know what the difference is. Um, but where where did WrestleMania? Where did they do WrestleMania with Hogan and the Rock? At the Sky Dome or something. Oh, that was at the like Sky that. Dome. Okay. Something like that would be cool, like a big, a big stadium type thing. I don't know. I think I think the only way you're doing that is Punk and Omega, uh, in my opinion. Like I think I think Punk and Moxley does not do that. In yeah, my maybe not. But I'm just saying, like, if I'm AEW, I'm thinking big because like they haven't, they've never been in a situation where like they haven't pulled it off. Like when it comes yeah. to selling tickets. Um, but I, I need a, I need a little bit of a more healthy roster though, in my opinion. If I'm selling out Wrigley, like I especially I need Punk if I'm doing that, right? Well, that's true. It's very that's that's a big part of it, to be honest. It would, would be his involvement, yes, for sure. Um so I would need Punk, need Danielson, I need my heavy hitters. Um but yeah. Okay. I, I think I think I think that Wrestle Kingdom could be so sick this year too. Like I really think that they could AW could could contribute like two or three big names to to New Japan at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of really good stuff. And I mean the Forbidden Door is obviously still very open. So yes. A possibility is all over the place. I mean, we could see people pop up at Slammiversary from AEW or New Japan or I mean whatever. Like it's totally up in the air. Outside of the WWE, literally anything's possible right now with these companies. So I yep. mean, Jay White, Jay White can very well show up at Slammiversary. He showed up at Impact m- many times before. I mean, yeah. Like, so, um, but yeah, as far as pre- preference, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'd like it to be in Atlanta so I could go, but I, I don't, I, I don't really have a, I can't really think of anywhere where I'd like really prefer over anywhere else, but I, I really do. I like the idea of a baseball stadium. I do like that. So. Like I say, you just gotta be gotta be careful with some of those stadiums because I mean it comes across cool on TV, but live, man, it's not it's not the best. It looks amazing, but it's not the best. So I I, I don't know. I I personally would like it like in a nice twenty thousand seat arena, but like a, a like a UK or something. You know, like you know how they like react when like Patty comes out and fights. Like imagine like if they have like that type of crowd reaction for some of these AEW guys. I think that would be sick. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess that covers that part. We probably should just jump into UFC uh, 275, go over that real quick, and then we can bounce. You guys have any more Super Chats? If we didn't cover something you want us to talk about, send them our way. If you haven't, please smash that like button. And, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. As always, we appreciate it. So, um, Yuri versus, uh, Glover fight of the year. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was maybe the best light heavyweight title fight I've ever seen, which is saying a lot considering it's like, like Dustin Jones. I think those, those are like, yeah, those would be the, those would be the ones, um, 
Yeah, it was frustrating though, man. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I may or may not allegedly have had a little money on Teixeira to win by knockout. And like, I don't know why he just kept oh, grappling. The fifth round? The fifth round? God, dude, he hit him with death. Like, he it could was have over. Fin- he could have finished him on the feet or on the ground by ground and pound probably 10 different times in that fight. It, it, dude, the fifth round, he hit him so hard. And like, yeah. And then he goes through the guillotine and it just falls. And it's like, no, I remember just being like, no way. But after all that, I thought there was no way in hell that Yuri was going to be able to tap him out. Like I thought Glover was just going to tough it out no matter what. Friggin' 10 seconds left and gets him. Unbelievable. Dude. And I all, cause I usually allegedly throw a little money on like just crazy, like, super unlikely stuff because that has big payouts and you don't have to put a lot in to get a big payout. And I remember looking at Prohaska by fifth round submission on, on the, the lines. And it was at like, I, I don't remember, but it was something like plus 5,000 or something like that. It was like, you know, it was, and I was like, yeah, I should just throw something on there. Like, cause it's just insane. I mean, I'll take like <laughs> Arlovsky by submission in fights just because like the odds are so unlikely, you know, and uh, allegedly, and, and I mean, yeah, that was global. Yuri, just man, Yuri is yeah. amazing to watch. Yuri is yeah. awesome. I whether he wins or loses, dude, that guy is always going to be down for a fight. And what's crazy is when he got that choke out, like he got up and acted like, oh, no big deal. I win fight. Like, hell no, dude, you were about to die. What are you doing? And he, he just like. Crazy. No emotion. He's got his inner, inner, freaking soul crap that he does. Like he is, he is a true like warrior spirit, and just man, unbelievable fight though. I thought there were multiple times Glover was going to finish him. I thought he was going to finish Glover multiple times. I mean, so it was so back and forth. I remember like I think it was maybe the end of the first round. Glover was doing pretty well, and then at the end, like, Yuri got on top of him and started dropping bombs, and I thought Glover was about to get knocked out, and he made it through. And then another round was ended, and, like, his whole face was busted up, huge cut over his eye from the elbow that Glover hit him with, and I'm like, dude, he's toast. And Man, like, amazing. I personally, I just want a rematch. I just think they should do a rematch. And then if, if Glover can't win that, then it's just probably time to hang it up i guess but like i i like do you want to see yuri versus like the winner of anthony smith and whoever he's facing or a rematch like give me the rematch yeah the only other person i'd be interested in would be yuri versus blahovich that would be the yeah. only other one that like kind of would make sense especially yeah. depending on where you did the fight because if you did that in the right part of the world that that's huge um speaking of that they're doing usman and leon edwards in utah yeah kind of makes sense (laughs) i mean i guess i mean like kind of like an underwhelming place to bring a fight but like also kind of like an underwhelming title fight for most people like i'm not gonna dog on leon edwards but a lot of people just aren't giving him any credit going into this fight like you know, it just is what it is. Because he got rocked in the fifth round versus Nate. But, like, yeah. like I've never seen a man win, like, four rounds and 
basically dominate the fight and then lose the last 10 seconds of the fight and the public opinion is you lost well I, and, and his one has lost like 10 fights in a row or something yeah He'd like but it's like no you you, you got <laughs> knocked out son like no he yeah. didn't but he, he barely hung on i'll give you that but everyone yeah, just says if, if, if nate wouldn't have pointed at him after he rocked him he would have won the fight um but I, but personally, best case scenario for me is yes, uh, Glover and Yuri run it back. Um, yeah, I mean, Glover was saying before the fight that he wanted to have one fight after the Yuri fight in New York at the end of the year, and then he wanted to retire. So maybe win or lose, he fights Prohaska one more time. And if he wins the belt, he ends on top with the title. If he doesn't win, at least he passed the torch to you know a worthy champion going forward. So I like that. I like that idea. Either, either my number one would be Teixeira getting a rematch. Uh, number two option would be uh, doing Blahovich and, and Prohaska. But I still think that Teixeira still should fight for the title in his next fight against one of those guys. But it will, it makes more sense just to do the rematch now because like he's already beaten Blahovich and like you might only have one more fight left with him. And he was winning on the scorecards and just, lost with you know 30 seconds or whatever left in the fight like he was gonna win the fight like he had it he had it yeah unbelievable rematch that's the move is just rematch just yeah give it it to me dana i want it and i I think dana i think dana probably will um he does like to tend to sometimes just move on and go to the next challenger and all that plus Yuri's an exciting fighter so either way it's okay but uh but yeah, I, as as great as that fight was, I just think you should run it back. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then in the co-main of the show, interesting. Yeah, we had Valentina Shevchenko defending and retaining the title in a split decision win over Talia Santos in a fight yep. that I thought Talia Santos won. So here's my thing about that: is the only reason you you can give her the fight is control, right? Because I don't think she did any damage i don't think that she really went for it to try to actually win the fight it was more so takedowns and control which you can give her that i feel like valentina swung with much more evil intentions i feel like that she did more to try to actually hurt her so and in the first round i'm torn because i think valentina was winning the round that she has taken down that she has her back but it's like she went for multiple submission attempts, but did not get them. So, I mean, like, Valentina deserves credit for fighting those off as well. And then she was also throwing punches in the back to hit her over and over again. And she won rounds four and five. I I viewed it as, a, as an even fight going into the fifth round, and I thought Valentina clearly won the fifth round. So I, I, I can understand Santos winning, don't get me wrong, but it was like – she didn't really put it on Valentina, but I am starting to see the flaws in Valentina. She's a slow starter. She also doesn't really want to commit a lot. Like, we're not getting a lot of those Jessica I moments anymore. And honestly, she's starting to fall back a lot on wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, this was an interesting performance for sure. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, my my thing was, I think she did enough with the submission attempts and the control to win most of those rounds. Yeah. But I also, I mean, there is something to be said about defending that. But it's like 
if there's really only one thing to look at and it's like one person has a dominant position, another one doesn't. And that's like what the whole round pretty much was. I just got to go with the person who has the the control. But at the same time, I don't think it was like some crazy robbery. I think it was, you know, it makes sense. This was a split decision. Like, you know, this, this was a really close fight depending on how you, you know, how you look at it and how you score it. But um, I also think that Santos is just a really tough stylistic matchup for someone like Shevchenko. Like yep. if Shevchenko is fighting another person who's mainly a striker, she can really just have her way with, with them. Really no problem. If she wants to take them down, she can, but most of the time she's just going to outstrike them and it's not going to be a problem with Talia Santos. She was able to get her to the ground multiple times and get a dominant position on her. Um, that's another one I'd like to see a rematch for. Honestly, I think Santos did enough to create a case for like, she could beat Shevchenko. I think she proved that. So um, I like that too. Um, or, or, I mean, if they're going to do it, they might as well do They've got Nunez and, and Pene or not Pene, uh, Pena fighting each other soon. If, you know, let, let that one, let that happen. And then if Shevchenko wants to go up to Bantamweight to try to be a champ champ, I'm fine with that as well. I mean, Shevchenko's beating everyone in the division. Did you hear what Valentina wants to do? What did she say she wants to do? So if Misha Tate beats Lauren Murphy, she wants to fight Misha Tate. At Bantamweight? Yeah. Just like that's like a super fight to her? Yeah. I guess. That's pretty random. I, I mean, it's I a pretty easy like... fight for Chevchenko. Yeah. No wonder. I know why she wants to do it. You know? Yeah. That's so, like, that's almost like kind yeah. of trying to want to fight Connor. Like it's, you know, not to the same level, but it's like, yeah. you know, you it's like, it's like the, you know, you're going to get publicity for fighting Tate, you know? So that's a good segue. Speaking of Connor, I think, I think Connor's going just uh, going out just like Joanna. Okay. So especially if he fights Michael Chandler, I think that's very possible. Um, yeah. Zhang Weili, Wiley Zhang, however you want to, say it whichever way you want to put it. I always say Wiley Zhang, but I they, they, I think it's Zhang Wiley now. I, anyway, um, she freaking knocked Joanna out completely cold with this a disgusting spinning back fist. Like that was, Rick that Flair was awesome. Belt, baby. Oh yeah. Joanna took a step back and face planted flare flop. Um, Joanna, in my opinion, probably the best strawweight champion in the history of the sport. Um, it really, you know, when Carla Esparza, um, you know, first, first won that title belt, there was very little buzz or anything going, going on there. But when Joanna won the title and had like that five or six fight streak or whatever it was that really solidified the division. And, and I think Joanna is hands down a UFC hall of famer, like immediately, like she deserves yes. in for sure. Um, Absolutely. But Wale Zhang is just, she's she's a beast and just for whatever reason uh rose has her number but um yep that's what's so strange about the strawweight division is all the women at the top all kind of have something over another like it's it's weird how like Aspars has beaten rose twice but rose has beaten zhong but zhong has beaten young jacek twice and like it's like it's all kind of like this another one you're missing is rose has beaten yoana twice rose has beaten yoana twice yoana has beaten Asparza. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's all over the place. Um, Andrade, you know, was in that mix and still is. She's bouncing around divisions. I mean, but yeah, huge, huge congratulations to to, to Wiley Zhang. I, I think that she for sure 100% should be the next challenger for Esparza. And unless Esparza can take her down, she's going to 
She's I, gonna kill I, her. That's what I was about to say. Unless unless as far as I can take her down, uh, Wile is gonna have her way with her. Yeah. She is going to smash her to pieces, especially now that she's got her wrestling going. Like if like Carla's stand-up is so sloppy and not good. And I mean, while it's her power, and then she's going to take her, she's gonna prevent takedowns. In my opinion, what she's going to do, she's going to prevent takedowns and keep the fight standing, and she is going to smash her to pieces. Yeah. Chase is saying Wale Zhang is right, but everyone, it's just like I see it both ways, so I'm never sure. I'm going to stick with Wale Zhang. That's just, that's how I feel the most comfortable saying, because that's kind of how I guess, how I want I don't think it. you can get any heat for that. So, well, it's also tough there. when it's, when it's Asian names sometimes because they'll pronounce the, you know, the, the last name first, like Emilianenko Fedor, you know what I mean? Like but <laughs> Fedor Emilianenko to us. So it's always, it's always a little confusing. Yeah. No, I feel you. But it was fun. It was a fun night of fights. By the way, I don't really remember Jake Matthews that much, but he looked great. And he kind of reminds me of a Robbie Lawler, like a young type Robbie Lawler. Dude, Jake Matthews has been around for a minute too. Like, let me find his record real quick. Yeah. He debuted in the UFC in 2014. Um, yeah, so getting, I, 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 mean, I think I vaguely remember him, but I think he really changed up his look or something. And he was, yeah. he, he tore that dude to pieces when they mainly use him on Australia cards as well. So, like, he's a guy who hasn't had like a lot of exposure in the States, even though he's been in the company for like a decade. The main reason I remember him, I'm not saying this to flex or anything because it's not like it's a huge deal, but I just remember. Uh, he was one of the first MMA fighters to ever follow me on Twitter. Like before I was like working for any like companies or whatever, just, just when I was just tweeting about MMA, when I was like new to Twitter, he was one of the first guys who followed me. And I was like, Jake Matthews from the UFC. And I just remember that being really cool. Like, you know, I'll just always remember that guy. The same kind of thing with King Mo. Like just for whatever reason, he followed me when I had like zero followers and I was just tweeting about Bellator or whatever. And it's like, I just remember stuff like that for whatever reason. And so I've always just kind of followed Jake Matthews career because he followed me on Twitter. So I started making sure I was following all of his fights and he's always been impressive, but like right now he's like really putting it together. He's won, he's won four of his last five. And uh, I mean, he was the underdog against Folio as well, um, which, you know, I, I got to stop what I need to stop doing on DraftKings. So, (laughs) and this is totally legal, by the way, this is just like a thing with me and Doug. We do this with some other people, Doug's friends, but on DraftKings, what I keep, I've won it once before to be fair, but, but, what I keep screwing up on is I take too much account into how much salary cap I have. Like I pick some people because I want to use the salary cap. I wanted to pick Jake Matthews. But I took yeah. Falio because he was more expensive. And it was like, well, if I can get away with spending this much, then I feel like that's yeah. a better option. But I should have just went with Matthews and went with my gut. Um, yep. You know, I still wouldn't have won the, the thing this week. But, like, I had I Matthews in a parlay and stuff. Like, I, I really thought, uh, allegedly, I, th- I thought he was, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of what he does. I was close. And uh, and I picked Glover and the other two picked Perhaska. And we was down to us three. And, and Perhaska won with 10 seconds left. So. Like yeah, so yeah, almost had it. We both thought Glover was gonna pull it off. Yeah. Oh man, but huge shout out to Glover Shara. We just 
one of one of the best one of my favorites like ever i mean this was cool as hell seeing and it's still not over yet like i want to see the rematch the world wants to see the rematch i think i think that'll happen um but yeah that's pretty much uh all that was worth uh really really digging into for the ufc show but uh yeah kind of the takeaways Prohaska, new lightweight champion absolute warrior probably the best light heavyweight title fight ever. Maybe Gustafson and Jones won. Maybe I, 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 I understand that argument as well. Uh, Shevchenko looks human for the first time, like ever. Um, Cause even her interface with Nunez, like they were really close decisions. Like this was one of the first times where I was like, she got kind of dominated in some of these rounds. It, it not damage wise, but uh, control wise. Well, and, and what I was telling you when I was watching the countdown show, she was long, she was tall. And she she basically was able to out like out muscle Valentina, which doesn't really happen normally. It's like she was very strong, and all those things gave Valentina a lot of problems. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then I guess really the other big takeaway is, you know, cool to see Joanna. You know, not not cool to see that happen to her, but you know, she retired and she's gonna have a bright future. I mean. She was in this weird spot anywhere where she was like too popular and too successful to have anything other than title fights or no more contender fights in the UFC. But she's also like really attractive and like could probably just like get paid a ton of money to do like sponsored ads on Instagram if she wanted and like not get punched in the face. Like, like she has options outside of fighting, you know, like she doesn't have to keep doing this to herself. So, you know, Joanna is going to be just fine. She should go right into the Hall of Fame and. Wiley Zhang, I mean, clear number one contender, and and I'm, I'll be choosing her for sure over Esparza whenever the time comes for them to fight, which I'm sure it has to be next, I would imagine. So, um, and like I said, you could argue that she beat Rose, and so like, who would be a top contender that could stop her at this point if she does, you know, her and Rose fight again? I definitely would favor her over Rose in the third fight. So me too. Yeah, I agree. This could be her division for a while. Yep, good stuff. It's probably good. Uh, good, good ending point for sure. So yeah, guys, Dynamite is absolutely stacked. I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, this is going to be a fun one, and uh, we'll have a pretty good idea where where we're heading for Forbidden Door, and um, then. I'm going to probably try to have Brandon on next week as well. So we can really get into the forbidden door card, forbidden door predictions, all that stuff. Um, Brandon's definitely a big fan of new Japan. So we'll be able to get into that deep dive on that. And uh, a lot of exciting stuff when it comes there. And uh, yeah, so definitely catch us next week. Anything you got going on, Steven? Yeah. So this Thursday morning, 9.30 AM Eastern, myself and Jeremy Lambert, youtube.com slash fightful. We do the spotlight every Thursday morning this week. We'll be talking, you know, we always talk topics from AEW, WWE, the Indies, and then other companies like MLW, um, NWA, that kind of stuff. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about in the world of wrestling this week. And tonight we already pre-recorded our interview with dad, who y'all might know from the creator clash also friends with John Hennigan been popping up on AW dark and GCW. Uh, one of my favorite interviews I've ever been a part of. I can't wait for y'all to hear this thing on Thursday morning. So check that out. And also on youtube.com slash fightful Sunday night, myself in Indy Salcedo will be reviewing impact slam anniversary. So check that out with us right after the show. 
Um, I will most likely record the Fightful Select Weekender podcast uh, probably Sunday morning. If not, it might come on Monday or Tuesday. It just depends on what what's going on with like impact and if I need to upload that that day or not, or if I need to wait another day or so because of the stuff going on. So um, that's FightfulSelect.com, and uh, I'm there a lot as well. So check that stuff out and. You can follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. You could Fight Talk on independentwrestling.tv. Yeah, and I just want to say other uh, one other thing. Uh, Chase Oliver has been in this chat, and uh, we one time had a discussion on Twitter. We were like had a disagreement, and uh, he basically wanted to talk to me on my channel, and I kind of big-timed him and said, like, you're not worth my time or whatever, so – I just want to apologize for that uh, ego thing, I guess. And I, I definitely shouldn't have done that. I disrespected him. So just saying, if I appreciate you being in here. I apologize for that. But I also have one question. You always told me that Cody Rhodes isn't a star. Is Cody Rhodes a star now? Just curious. Oh, that's a question for Chase Hall. I was about to say, you're asking yes. me that question? That would no, be the dumbest thing you've ever not. asked me. <laughs> yeah. Definitely yeah. not. But there you yeah. go. So – Oh, that's Appreciate sorry. And I, I, I apologize. I want to make sure to, to plug this again as well. On Saturday morning, I'll be at 11 a.m. Eastern, 11.05 a.m. Eastern time. I'll be on True Heel Heat with, uh, Ro- I don't know who all is going to be on screen with me. I'm assuming Romeo will be there. SP3 will be there. I'm not sure who else, but I'm, I always have a good time with the boys and the girls over there at True Heel Heat. So, uh, so yeah, come, come hang out with us on Saturday morning, 11.05 a.m. Eastern. So there you go. Cody is now a star yeah. in Chase's eyes. Yes. Yes, he is. He says You're welcome here as wrong. much as you want, Chase. Good answer. Right ne- answer. Neither am I. So, like I said, I was wrong, so I apologize. We're all good. Awesome. Are you on anything left from you, Doug? Or ready to we hit that, that outro? Yeah, hit that outro, and we'll catch you guys next week. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it. If you want to send any super chats to my Twitter uh, tip jar in between episodes. We'll make sure to start off next week's episode answering your questions, reading your statements, all that good stuff. For Steven or for Doug, I, I always want to say your last name, but you want out there. For Doug, I'm Steven. <laughs> we'll see you next week, same time, same place, 10 10 p.m. Eastern, right here, youtube.com slash RVD Tito for Life. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.